is Iron Sights After Dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Iron Sights Podcast. This is an After Dark edition, and I am here with uh, what's turned into be a very good friend of mine, uh, JP. JP, welcome to the show, man. Dude, I'm super happy to be here, especially because we talk so much already, you know, about everything. So I, th- I think we both decided it would be a really good idea if we maybe recorded one of these conversations to kind of see where it went. And I'm, I'm excited for the future. Uh, the it's very, I, one of the great things about the fitness industry, which obviously, and we'll get into this, we've both spent a lot of time in is the amazing people that you get to connect with along the way. And I will never stop saying that as an advocate, obviously for the fitness industry as a profession and, and the things that it brings to the table for both, you know, enthusiasts members and then also people that run the businesses but i i i'd be hard pressed to maybe find another business where you'd find more passionate uh caring uh just driven people and there's so many common threads you know that that they share and this is just one more example of you know relationships being built based on you know common values and goals no, definitely. Um, I always thought about that, actually, especially because I'm thinking in my head, like, you never know if somebody's pulling up in like a 90s Honda Accord or like a Lamborghini. And either way, both of them are trying to get the grind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of cool because everybody has like their own thing, like whether they work too much and this is their place where they can kind of like decompress, but then also challenge themselves. Um, or maybe it's just somebody who's like young and like this is like their outlet. You know what I mean? And who knows where this takes them. So, I mean, I love meeting people. I love like helping people and fitness is definitely like the place to be. If you like meeting people and getting to, to see the different walks of life, but they all have one thing in common, right? They all fucking work towards something. And that's, what's kind of cool. Cause it's not like you don't really go into the gym and hang out with somebody who's lazy, especially if they're going to be there like over the course of months or years. Yeah. You find out real quick if they're lazy or not, right? yeah. they just stop coming. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So if you see people here for like a year, two years, three years, anything like that, then it's like, okay, cool. Like this person at least is going for something. So there's a good chance they're not a negative person to have in my life. Right. Which nowadays I feel like it's kind of rare, you know, like it's kind of rare for it's people to have goals. It's been a rough of, time. It's been a rough time. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. people are misdirected and lost for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Like people are just on rails. I think a lot of people want to just like be told, which is funny because like we're coaches, right? So like, yeah, like people definitely want to be told to do shit, but even in life, like even with jobs or school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, the other part is, is because it's been happening for them for so long, they don't know how to be in control. You know, they, they, and maybe as you're kind of alluding to as of late, sort of with common circumstance, uh, globally, you know, societally, sociopolitically, all, all those kind of things. They're being forced to recognize that they're not in control and or wrestling with the fact that they they need to take control or that 
they expected somebody else to make decisions for them that would get them to the next place or whatever. Like there was another box to tick or I just need to do that next, get to that next rung on the ladder that then gets me to the next step above there when they're, and they're being faced with, Oh shit, nobody's doing this for me. Nobody's making this decision for me. I have to make a decision for myself. I'm being challenged with the status quo against what maybe I think to be right or wrong or somewhere in between. They don't know what to do because they've been told what to do. Dude, it's it's so crazy. Like, so everybody knows somebody who like went through college, right? And like just didn't do anything after, right? But like if you're being told to go through college, you're like thinking in my head, like, okay, cool. I did what my parents told me. I did what society tells me, right? And then now I'm here and you still have to make your own decisions. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the grown-up time starts. Or yeah, whatever, exactly. Yeah. It's funny, dude. I used to have um, this coach that, uh, dude, he was a CrossFit regionals athlete, just super stud athlete, just right out the gates, you know? He's younger than me. And uh, we started coaching at the same time at the same place. And, dude, he would just always say these little remarks, like, as if he was above me because he, like, graduated from, like, Chino or some shit like that. And, <laughs> okay. like, that yeah, and, like, was, like, sports science, kinesiology, some shit. I don't know. But he wanted to get paid more than me right off the bat. He wanted to have like a higher level than me right off the bat. Uh, the difference was, is I was like in there every day, like not asking for extra money or anything, just like treating it like it was my place. And he was in there like treating it like, dude, I fucking graduated, bro. Right. <laughs> like, uh, give me more money than right. this guy. And, I, and I'm a high school dropout. I dude. should get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know right away he thought, what the fuck am I getting paid the same as this guy for? Well, that's interesting, man. I didn't know about the high school dropout thing. Let's stop and rewind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know a bit about your coaching career, mm-hmm. and I certainly know about you know kind of how you spend a good deal of your your the time outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this for a second. So, there's a couple things notables, right? So, one, uh, gym rat, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But a smart one. I know you spent some time in CrossFit, and um, it changed your life. I, yeah. want to, I want to know about that more because you essentially told me that, but I don't know yeah. much beyond that. But the other part is, is like as a mean or as a result of that, you've also used it as a means to help other people, right? And becoming a coach. Yeah. So there's that. And then along the way, you've started your own lifestyle brand, mm-hmm. which is becoming wildly successful in a very short period of time. And I, I kind of already know all the reasons why, uh, but I want to uncover those a little bit because in, in highlight a couple of things to acknowledge. Uh, so maybe you can kind of take me back to, you know, how this kind of thing started for you. Maybe just kind of give us an update. Give us the reader's digest version of your bio without, man. without getting too crazy into like my whole life uh, from like, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically long story short. Um, I just, I never wanted to like, I never wanted to be told what to do. You know what I mean? Um, Most coaches were mavericks, and it's, man. And it's really weird because like after I realized um, that I wanted to like help people and stuff like that, and I wanted to get better at things. I just started shutting the fuck up and listening to people. If I wanted to get better at this. I just found who was good at it. And I just like started listening and I just would swallow my pride, my ego. And so I got really good at stuff, <laughs> but it's interesting how that happens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's super funny. Um, so the high school dropout thing, um, I went through three years and I wasn't doing anything, dude. Like when I tried, I did good. I just didn't want to do anything that they wanted me to do. Basically, I don't think I went to a good high school. I'm not going to say what high school, but I don't think I went to a good high school. I don't think I had good support. I actually had a couple teachers 
tell me I was going to end up in jail someday. And uh, dude, I wasn't like a bad kid. It's kind of, I was kind of nerdy. I played video games competitively. Like <laughs> what video games are we talking about? Dude? Uh, Halo. I would go to like other like States and stuff like that. And I didn't get super duper successful with that. Um, luckily, because <laughs> I was definitely obsessive. Video games are like, unlike CrossFit, you can like kill yourself doing too much CrossFit. You can play video games like 20 hours a day. Wow, it's wild. This shit's wild to me. <laughs> I've never been into it. I mean, so many of my friends or people I know do it. And I've literally, I've never even seen the game Halo live. Like I've never stood in front of a TV and even seen it. You know what it is, dude? I think it's the time period that I grew up was perfect. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, like, I know that has a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, because like when Major League Gaming... Yeah, without getting too much into that, Major League Gaming was like massive, like 2003 to like 2010. And that's when I'm a teenager. Those are formable years. Yeah, right. You know? So anyway, I did that stuff. And because I never wanted to do homework, listen to my teachers, I just spent all my time doing that and feeling great playing video games. And Because why was it making you feel great? Because I'm good and I'm competitive. So when you say good or competitive, what are you measuring there in Halo? You got to, you got to. So tournaments, um, tournaments, ranking online, things like that. Um, and like when I, like I said, when you're a teenager and you see somebody win like, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars playing like the video game you play, you're just like, this is awesome. And this is before, like, this is when it first hit like ESPN. So like now it's like millions, dude. Oh, and now you can get an NC2A scholarship. Oh yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy now. Like there's people that I've played with that are now on Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper bottles. Yeah. Ha. Okay. But that's, I mean, I, that's a whole nother thing. But my point is I, I did that and uh, it got me like really out of shape. I never played sports my whole life. My parents were, or not my parents, my mom, cause I lived with my mom. I grew up with my mom. Um, she uh, just never wanted me to physically be harmed or anything. So I wasn't allowed no. to play sports or anything like that. Right. So I played some basketball like pickup games, but like, dude, I was never, ever athletic. I've been fat my whole life, you know? Um, And then, well, hold on just a second. So when you say fat, like uh, there's progressively gaining weight. And then at the, I'd say once I dropped out of high school and I was like playing games, like fucking full time. And all I was doing is like, I was was into street racing, racing cars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just doing that and video games, nothing physical, no fitness at all. Just like if it wasn't like pit crew at like a road racing event, it was video games. It was one or the other. Right. And I've just always wanted to do something I wanted to do. Maybe it's selfish. I don't know. Maybe it's fucking me being American and privileged. I don't know. But I just never wanted to like work at McDonald's, I guess, you know, and uh, I never was so financially in a, like in a bad position with my family that I was like forced to like Go do something you didn't really want to do or out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And like my mom has been a real estate and mortgage um, agent for like my whole life. And uh, I got into that for like not even a year, dude, I was falling asleep at work. I was making better money there than I was as a coach, but I fucking hated it, dude. I hated it so much, dude. It felt good being like, yeah, I do this and I make, you know, X amount on a check. I feel like I didn't even do a lot of work, but, uh, I hated it. So I didn't do it anymore. That's basically how I like ended up being really out of shape, (laughs) building up through all that stuff. And then after working with my mom, uh, I got really into music. So I was like, uh, I love music. Naturally. I'm kind of talented with rhythm. Okay. So I, uh, 
started doing music. And then I don't know if you know anything about like rappers or hip hop. There's like a lot of drugs and alcohol uh, and partying. I know a little something about it. I, <laughs> so, I'm a product of the nineties, man. No, like, no, <laughs> I'm totally being sarcastic, dude. It's like, I'm not built for that, dude. Yeah. I'm all about Wu-Tang Clan. I'm all about Nipsey Hustle every day. But I tell you what, dude, after making, like, I actually am good at making, like, hip-hop, rap music, like, producing uh, beats, recording, okay. sound engineering. Like, I'm 100% confident I'm good at that. And I've worked with, like, a really talented rapper, had everything going, but terrible work ethic, super diva. But anyways, there's a lot of, like, cocaine and stuff like that involved. I never it's, did. Yeah, it's a pretty, like, you you can see from the outside looking in, A, most of that, that stuff is generally short-lived, right? They don't, la- they don't last very long because they're, yeah. they're going 1,000 miles an hour all the time. The lifestyle is rough anyway. Even if you were keeping it clean, it's rough. I mean, you're, you're constantly working. You're on the road or whatever else. I've had a little bit of experience with the music industry on the security end of, of things. Mm. Um, so I've seen seen some stuff i've done some stuff but yeah man i mean and and i i knew real fast like that's not for me like i don't i don't need to be putting that stuff in my body like i didn't have the energy i didn't have the bandwidth for for it so it's weird because i tried to like be as cool as i could be about everything i'm just not built for it though man like like the guy that i worked the two guys that i worked with um one was really musically talented with instrumentation and stuff like that the other one's like a great vocalist super bad work ethic like i said though right um what a shame yeah really really i don't like that's a whole nother thing but um point is i can only do that for so long where like that's where i picked up being like an alcoholic is because everybody's doing like blow and smoking weed and that's just not for me i can't do that stuff kind of scares me to be honest um so i, I would drink because that's like the social norm you can at least drink right and then uh after it's interesting how that gets reduced to that like yeah. no blow no weed alcohol no problem that's hilarious though right because right. like alcohol is very real dude like when i when i got sober uh it took me almost a week of cold sweats massive headaches curled up in a ball i couldn't look outside because the sun would blind me and that's from alcohol only yeah right well that's through a serious abuse of it right obviously oh, I mean, this is yeah. like weed you know or whatever else i mean if people are smoking it like some people are functional you know and or they do it recreationally or some mm-hmm. people and some people can't even function without all day long so mm-hmm. again it's just like these thresh- different there's like- these thresholds for people right but i also understand because i've been in situations in my life where you know i looked to alcohol as a coping mechanism and but and and it escalated to that at, at times, but I never felt myself like in the situation you just mentioned, like where you wake up the next day, like oh my god, like oh dude. Well, the thing was is like I would throw super fat parties, best times of my life, and I'm like, dude, JP, you're drinking like one drink, one water, one drink, one water, chill for a bit. I was under control, you know what I mean, all this kind of stuff, and then like, fuck it started happening and then progressively i'd like get blackout drunk and stuff like that and like when i wake up and i don't remember last night and i'm like not with 100 percent people i trust that's when i'm like okay i have a problem and then when i stopped doing the partying and started drinking by myself and yep. you're just in the studio just you maybe one other person that some of you're working with and you're like drinking all night and stuff dude i would take down like 20 30 cores lights in one studio session it's impressive yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like a bottle of whiskey. Right. right. Um, 
Yeah. And then that got like really like actually depressing, especially when I'm not with my artists and I'm just by myself, like made for great music, but I just, I couldn't do it, man. It's not sustainable. Got it. Um, so I love music, but I just can't do it. I, I can't go back to that because of all that. Um, that actually makes ties into the lifestyle thing, lifestyle brand. Like, I guess I didn't, uh, it's interesting to know that. Yeah, no, it's uh, like the, not the alcohol piece, but the music, the the musician, the art piece uh-huh. to where you're at now. That's an interesting time. Yeah. And like the clothes, dude, I don't want to make money off clothes. You know how I am with like, of course I want profit margins to be good, but I make American made and stuff. Like that. I want all these to be self-expression, like my brand logo, everything like that means something to me. And so that's kind of my outlet for like art versus like what before used to be music. And I used to have like that sense of accomplishment, but it, it took so much out of me to get that. And now I can do all this stuff with my brand and you can like, have fun with it. And you're doing it cause you yeah, want to, not cause you have to. Exactly. And if you don't buy my shirts, it's totally fine. I actually get excited if I do a run of shirts, even if people don't buy it, cause I get to wear that shit. Right. Like I personally like to wear it. You know what I mean? And if people don't know why I have like a bald eagle carrying a ghost on the back of my fucking sweater, it's totally fine with there, me. But if you want to know the story, I can tell you there's yeah, a reason for everything. Yeah, you know? that, well, that's just it. Like, and I didn't know, I don't know this stuff. There's a little obscurity to your art and I love it. I, let's not get there though. Yeah. Let's yeah. Not, I know. I know. Let's not go there yet. I, <laughs> I want know. to talk about, so basically what I hear you telling me is you're a bit of a mess, right? Yeah. It, it, but you're a, you're a guy who's self-motivated. Like you don't mm-hmm. need, you can, you can drive yourself to do these different things. You know how to work hard. You, 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 you don't like being told what to do. So you like making your own decisions. You're a decision maker and you're, you're excelling at the things that you do make decisions to do, Yeah, whether it's gaming or music mm-hmm. or art or so forth. So at some point I imagine there's rock bottom and you're like, dude, this yeah, sucks. Like, I got to get my shit together. Friends and family started being like, dude, like we're actually concerned. Like this isn't partying anymore. Yeah. Like, like I remember I missed this Kanye West concert. It was a Yeezus concert. And I was like, no, I'm going to go see Yeezus. And my friends were outside and I put my shoes on backwards and all this kind of stuff. Um, and at that moment I was like, yeah, dude, if they don't even want to take me to it, like they know that's like my favorite artist and somebody who, who inspires me to make music and stuff like that. And they didn't want to take me to the concert. I was like, yeah, this must be pretty bad. And uh, I basically just sat there by myself for like a month. And was just like... <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to start doing something else. So I started like doing resistance band training, like P90X stuff. Okay. Like not consistently, like consistently weekly, but not consistently like every day I put time aside. It was kind of just like, uh, I guess I'll do some today. I had some friends that told me about it. I had results. And then I had a couple of friends that um, were like, dude, we know you love basketball. Come play with us, dude. And at this point, I'm like 320 pounds. I'm six foot. Wow. Right. So I'm like 320 pounds and six foot and they're like, just come play pickup basketball. And this is now I'm like, whatever, I guess I am trying to like do something, you know, to help myself. Dude, I couldn't finish a game of half court basketball with six people. Mm. Like I actually like verbally told them I give up. How's that realization? Dude, dude, it was so fucking bad, dude. Cause like even at that weight and everything and at that low point, I was like, fuck, I just gave up a game of 3v3 half-court basketball, like, pickup game, like, nothing serious at all, right? Everybody knows, like, half-court, especially, like, on a high school court is, like, not that much travel, mm-hmm. you know? So, anyways, that was really crappy. And I was like, well, I do enjoy basketball. And one thing about fitness that I've learned is if you do things that, like, you enjoy, you can get fit. Like if you continue to do things that you enjoy, right? So consistency, whether, right? So if it's like basketball, soccer, whatever is like, cause when I'm playing basketball, dude, like I'm not the same person. Like 
I'll go until my legs fall off. But if I do like CrossFit, I'm like, okay, this shit might fucking hurt me. Like I better like calm down a little bit. You know what I mean? But like basketball, it's like hyper competitive for me. Point is, is that I played basketball for like six months. I had lost like 50 pounds or something like that. I was a dumbass about eating. I'd go to like McDonald's and get like a chicken breast salad with no ranch or anything. And that's like all I'd eat all day. <laughs> that was like, fuck, it's working. Right. Well, you're, you've upped your calorie expenditure, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, dude. I and was you're like, not, and you're not putting down 32 packs of fucking. Yeah. Lights no, that, at that point, like I had got control and like my alcoholism and I just waited until my birthday to do like the yearly annual drinks with my friends. Mm-hmm. And even then I didn't get drunk. I just did it with them so that they'd have that, you know? And I'd have a specific date. Like, don't remember, don't forget, like your birthday is like, you're like re-up. That's when you, you're sober. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, my birthday, that's when I officially stopped drinking. Um, but I, I started getting in control of all of it before then. I was pretty much over it. I just waited until then to, to have my last drink. But So where does the CrossFit piece fit in? Like, so, so basketball, I was actually lacing up my shoes, sitting on the couch, uh, watching ESPN going to go play basketball with some friends. And at this point I was pretty consistent. Um, and, uh, I seen rich froning, Jason Kalipa, uh, doing clean and jerk ladders. Legend. Like, I want to say it was like 2013. God dude. damn. Those were the days. Man. Yeah. I mean, I was a closet CrossFit fan of mm-hmm. the athletes, not necessarily of what it was doing in the, in the general community, because I was seeing the after effects of it mm-hmm. you know, in my, as a professional, like people no, coming totally in, just get it. just wrecked. But the athletes, right, that mm. were applying the programming, the recovery, uh, and obviously the discipline to get through it. Holy God! And you're talking about two guys, Froning, Kalipa. Kalipa sat in the seat that you're sitting in right now, and I got to tell you, I mean, everything you would expect right out of that guy. Um, you know, in terms of work ethic, just focus, uh, organization. You know just in confidence, but watching those guys compete and those clean ladders were definitely by far the most impressed. That's some of the most no, impressive. Sure. Shit ever like you go watch some YouTube shit on that. You'd be like, Whoa. Yeah. I actually feel like it was like the universe because to this day, that's one of my favorite like CrossFit games to watch is like the cleaning jerk ladder from, I believe 2013. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to compare it to this. Like when you go back to like the Ronnie Coleman, uh, in, in, in the bodybuilding world and i was a fan of bodybuilders too just mm-hmm. i thought they were impressive but if you go back like yates when yates and coleman were on stage mm-hmm. you'll never you'll never have that it also goes back to you know when arnold lou ferrigno uh just some of the classic competitors there were on stage together you're never going to repeat that like those are <laughs> Those are iconic times, and the the Froning Kalipa days were those days. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird how that works, right? Because like Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey probably are doing more impressive stuff than they've ever done, but for some reason, I'm just not excited about it in the same way. Uh, there's, it's it's so not weird. it's not like fresh. It while it's amazing, and it's not to take away from either of those two athletes because they no are insanely gifted, yeah, insanely talented, but also insane work ethics and all those things. Yeah, it just doesn't. maybe it's just because the time period there wasn't as much education. It was newer. It was, it was fresher in terms of like the impact that it was making was so like crazy. I, I feel like it was just more raw, right? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. No, nowadays, dude, like everything's a hundred percent of science, and it, it, probably the same way with bodybuilding, right? Yeah. So, totally. like you said, like Arnold was like stakes here and there. 
and just like upper lower body right. every day, twice a day. Yeah. Then so, we went through the freak period, right? Yeah. Where I was just like, out oh, these guys look like livestock, mm-hmm. right? And now we're back to like we're this, appreciating this the, the aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know, that's there. There's different divisions. They they really have it dialed in from a business perspective, yeah, dude, from a science perspective, it's right? It's the diets, the the training programs are smart, right, dude? I feel like if you just wanted to like, hey, I want to look like this, you could follow this nutrition program. And then this, uh, uh, Oh, it's been vetted. Program. It's yeah. been vetted. There are formulas there. And these guys, these guys have figured that out and hats off to them. And then there's also the other side of it. There's the PED side of it where maybe back in the days of the freaks, there was, there's always been PEDs in, in, in the world of bodybuilding, but now the way they have the shit dialed in the way they have compounded these things to be safer, more mm-hmm. effective, uh, give you more longevity. Like they have, it, the whole thing has been dialed. Anyway, you'll the, never. The, the you'll, bottom line is like what the PED thing is like, it's probably safer now than ever. Oh, totally. And it's going to always be around. You just got to know, like, look, dude, if you're going to be the best at anything, I've personally never taken PEDs, but like, uh, if you do want to be the best at anything, whether it's Olympic weightlifting or whatever, powerlifting, dude, it's, it's probably it's be part there. of the program, right? It's yeah. going to be there. And, and there's nothing against it. You know what I mean? It's, I let the athlete set the standard. That's what I always say. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Unless, I'm totally unless down the for rule it. is to, that you can't do it. Well then don't do it. That's kind of weird though. Cause right? I feel like people say you can't do it, but then everybody does it and then I, they don't say anything I, about it. Oh man. There's all kinds of that out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, some, there's some great documentaries about that. There's mm-hmm. some great, there's some great articles, great biographies about all of that. Uh, but yeah, I, he's, at the, at the end of the day, I think the athletes end up setting the standard because they figure the workarounds and they figure out how to do it. The point being, though, is you've got these icons, you know, that that really I mean, if you talk to any bodybuilder, there's not a person in the world that hasn't been to the gym that doesn't know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a person that that knows about CrossFit that doesn't know the two names you dropped, which were Fraser and Kalipa. They just yeah. he, you're not paying attention if you don't know them. I mean, they're hanging out They're They're everywhere. Yeah. Anyhow, so they're inspired. Right, so you're sitting on the couch watching. Yeah, I'm some- on the couch. And actually, I thought I was like, what the fuck are these guys getting paid to be on ESPN to do like fucking floppy pull ups and like <laughs> clean and jerks? I was like, what am I even watching right now? But then at the same time, I was like, I'm going to watch this for a minute. And I ended up being late to basketball because I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was watching. I had never seen it. I've seen Strongman before. That's always been a thing. That's right? different though. Yeah. But uh, I, I just thought that's what it was with smaller people. <laughs> I didn't know anything about fitness back then. I think it's fair. I mean, people are trying to figure this shit out. Like what is going on out there? Yeah. yeah? You saw these crazy physiques, these crazy feats of strength, endurance, mm-hmm. power. But everybody's like, what in the hell? Like, what, where did this come from? Yeah. I, uh, Dude, it was so weird because that's when I seen it. And that's when it like kind of made me think about it. Like, what the fuck is this? But that didn't change my mind. Like I said, the universe is weird because like I seen that and I was like, this is fucking weird. And it made me think about it, but I didn't like go out and Google it. And then I had a uh, played basketball and I had some friends come over. We started lifting some dumbbells, things like that. And one of my friends just kept saying like, Oh yeah. Like we hung out with some CrossFitters. These guys are like insane. I'm like, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? And then I started, uh, watching more CrossFit game stuff on YouTube just to see what the fuck it was. And I was like, wow, this is actually like really cool. You can see how fit you are across the board. And, uh, they always have, like, they sell you on these stories, right? So-and-so went from this to this. And like, they're actually telling you, and it seems genuine. Like they're telling you, like I did CrossFit and this is like what I'm doing with my life. Now. Changed my life. Yeah. yeah. 
And it did, and it has, and it still does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, a lot of everything that I'm doing comes down to like me doing CrossFit. Look, a lot of the fitness industry owes a massive fucking thank you, dude, to the CrossFit community for what they did in terms of getting people fired up about getting healthier and getting more fit. The fitness industry, the fitness equipment industry owes, dude, straight up, owes huge thank yous to the CrossFit community for what they did. Now, I have my druthers about, you know, yeah, some of the programming yeah. and how it's applied. And that's another conversation for another time. However, you cannot take away the impact, the positive impact that it has had on people's lives. It has had on the industry. And as a fitness in industry pro or as a person that's that's in the gym and coaching business, I have 1,000% benefited by the efforts of the CrossFit of CrossFit and the CrossFit community. 1000%. Yeah. Like, let's see. I would say that community, they haven't nailed. Oh, we, we, we if there was one thing they did that. There was one thing they did better than anybody. It was that. And the, 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 the crazier part about it is what you said is that you were able to see it. And then they created this community online where you could compare, you could see people were starting to post on places like YouTube, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Or Facebook, where you're like, hey, I'm posting my time. You could compete against the athlete that was across the world, you know, in terms of time. You're measuring yourself against yeah. other people. So from a community, I mean, from a community perspective, they nailed that first. I mean, yeah. first and foremost, it was that it was impressive. I mean, that community grew like So it's weird wildfire. because they have like two communities that that they uh they built, right? Even though it's like one CrossFit community, you have the people who never ever competed, like me. I've never competed physically in anything. And I just found my body at like 24 years old. Mm. I had just like ran my first mile, like ran it instead of like trot, walk, right? That's crazy too. To think about that. Cause when I was a kid, yeah. Like that was a mandatory PE requirement. You had to go run the mile. Yeah. It was for me too, except I had teachers that didn't give a shit. Yeah, man. Well, mine did. They were. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they cared, but you were running that fucking mile. No, I, like, know, what you mean. I know what you mean. They like, made you do it. Well, you they have cared to. Like, yeah. you, you were, you're doing or you're getting the, you know, you're getting the note home or, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case, if you refuse, you didn't suit up, didn't come out, at least didn't try. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, maybe you got shamed, you know, into doing yeah. it, but you know what? You did it. And by yeah. the way, for those people that know my story, without a little bit of embarrassment, I would not be in this industry and not be as successful as I've been if somebody didn't make me hang from that pull-up bar in front of everybody else mm-hmm. and not be able to do a pull-up it changed my life like i was like well that shit can't happen again and, it's, and it taught me perseverance it taught me discipline it taught me how to get up every day and work hard like it just needed that little bit of yeah man it's funny about you saying that is that i remember in middle school and high school we had pull-up bars in the locker room and every day i'd walk up and i'd like try to do a pull-up and i'd get like 20 percent of the way I'd be like, fuck, I guess this ain't happening. But like nobody ever like walked by me or said anything or tried to help or give me any type of advice or physical assistance or anything. It just kind of just went whatever. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not. But for you, they put you in front of everybody. Yeah, (laughs) The story goes, for those people that haven't heard it, like uh, there was two pull-up bars in the, in the, in the schoolyard. Right. And it was Mm -hmm. the presidential physical fitness testing, right. Annual Mm -hmm. testing. And I was in the eighth grade. And at this point, like I was always kind of the chubby kid, you know, I was athletic, but I was always kind of the chubby kid. And, and I was starting to kind of feel, I was starting to kind of turn into a man. I was a little bit of a late, late bloomer, but I was starting to stretch out a little bit. I wasn't mm-hmm. so chubby anymore. Like I certainly wasn't, 
wasn't mature as, as a lot of the kids in my class, a lot of the males in my class, but they had the males set up on one side and the females. So you got boys on one line, girls in the other line. And you go over to this bar and you jump up and you got the coach stand at the bottom and you either can or you can't, right? You either can pull up and you can do one or more or the other, which is you can't do any at all. And I don't know, you know, looking back, I've said this before. I don't know what I expected to happen when I grabbed on that bar and stepped off of the box that, you know, was set up mm-hmm. <laughs> or the chair. They <laughs> fucking hung there. And I was like, the girl next to me did like three pull-ups. Right. And I, the whole class is standing there on both sides. Boys and girls are looking. I was fucking mortified. I was devastated. I, I was just hanging there going, there's no way I can pull my body weight up. So I don't know as the story goes, uh, they put a pull-up bar, like, they built these courses in the parks. Um, you know, when I was, when I was a kid about that age of junior high and in the parks, they would put these little par courses is what they call them. And the little physical fitness activities, every, you know, 50, hundred yards, something like that, where you do a step up or they put like little push up bars to do. Well, they put the pull up bar. It was literally across the street from my, my parents' house or where I grew up. And it was just by happenstance, they put it there and, I couldn't do a pull-up, but I went out there, and by the next year, nobody did more pull-ups than I did. Like, I went out there every day, and I just practiced, right? But the point was, was, was I got embarrassed. I was shamed to a certain extent. Like, dude, that's what happens. But that, but go back, like, so I think that's where we're going with this: is you looking at CrossFit and you just run your mile for the first time ever, and you probably feel like ass, like you just got run over by a truck. No, yeah, dude. When I was doing CrossFit for the first time, I started in my garage, just started buying like dumbbells and stuff like that. And like right off the bat, like one thirty-five pound dumbbell destroyed me. Burpees, dumbbell snatch, trying to get my first mile, like a twelve minute mile or some shit like that. You humbled real fast, right? Yeah, dude. I was like, damn, dude, how the fuck do these guys do like six workouts a day and all this kind of stuff, dude? And it was like crushing. But I also enjoyed it. Um I don't know, man. I just uh I like the fact that it seemed like people were competitive and also they were trying to be smart about their approach. And a lot, not a lot of people think that that's how CrossFitters think, but I mean, there's always like that ass in every room. Right. But, um, Oh, there's the, the pendulum swings both ways. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's in everything, dude. But, um, I liked what I was seeing in terms of what they were trying to advance, um, in CrossFit. And I, like I said, I had a good time doing it. I can do it in my garage. No shame. You know, like there's a lot of things you can do just by yourself. And, uh, after about six months of doing it, I was like, you know, dude, I think I'm gonna join a gym. I think I need like to up this. I ended up buying a barbell by the way. And like, before I even joined a gym, I was like deadlifting like 350. So like, all right, I guess I like gained a little confidence going into a CrossFit gym, but I mean, that was like broken real fast. You know what I mean? I actually pinched my sciatic nerve the first day doing CrossFit. In yeah, because you're pushing yourself. That's such a common tale, right? Yeah, like dude. You're competing. And, no, but I actually like remember telling the coach to like, hey, man, I just PR'd my deadlift yesterday. I feel like power cleans might fuck me up. Might not be a good idea weird. today. Yeah. But what was I, the response? <sighs> Drill Sergeant Bob like, oh, so you just joined this gym so you can come up with excuses. And I was <laughs> like... And you're right, there man. We go. And there like, we go. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. There's amazing stuff about CrossFit. And then there's, there's that. That's anywhere, man. That's any gym you walk into, uh, yeah. any personal training studio you walk into, no matter mm-hmm. any soccer field, any basketball court or whatever you walk onto, you're going to get that bullshit. So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely everywhere. I just think that more often than not, especially after being a coach for years now, like, uh, a lot of people just assume that you're being a bitch. If you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know. But you actually have to like, listen to the person like, 
guess you have to like make an executive decision as a coach. And I think at my gym, I think I'm kind of known as like the easy coach, but I'm like not. I actually just really give a shit and everybody ends up seeing progress because I start them off at a small baseline and then ramp them up and kind of get to know them. Right. It takes a little longer, but I mean, they're in there longer. Part of that's the experience you had, right? Like yeah. you done it, you got in shape, then you get hurt, then you you start to dude. get smarter every, every yeah, time. Dude. Everything's a learning experience. Right? With no matter what form of fitness, when you get hurt, dude, and you can't lift, it's crushing because you just like. Everything gets taken away. Yeah. You like, work like, so hard for it. What the hell was I doing? What the hell was I thinking? So you, you join the gym. I start working out. You were 320 pounds at the beginning of this. Yeah. Journey. And so by the time I joined the gym, I went down to like 240. That's significant. Yeah. But a lot of that was like extreme dieting. I didn't know what I was doing with dieting. That, I was like, that's a significant change. Yeah. Dude, I just like cut out alcohol that dropped 20 pounds instantly. And then, um, like I said, I was just salads, chicken breast, tuna, really low calories right so now you're at the other end of the spectrum right yeah, now i almost have an eating disorder at yeah. this point well let's just call it the eating dis- or disordered eating yeah. right and it's it's due likely to probably what like a, a just a total lack of understanding like mm-hmm. and yeah. and well i see this is what people are talking about they're doing like there's the paleo lifestyle that comes along with crossfit i don't mm-hmm. know if that fit into it somewhere yeah i was but, trying to be super duper clean right right so you kind of trade one addiction mm-hmm. the, the alcohol Mm-hmm. For almost another, which is exercise and extreme dieting. Yeah. Dude. Which is a very common tale. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, I have like one of my best friends, dude. He's always like, man, I'm always like, you need to stop training so fucking hard and stick to a program. Maybe not train as much, you know, because this guy's a hard gainer mm-hmm. trying to get stronger. But he's a CrossFitter, right? And if you're a CrossFitter, and you're a hard gainer and you're shredded, you're probably working out like way too much. Right. Way too many hours. So anyways, well, being shredded and being a competitive CrossFitter have zero to do with one another. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's true. That's, that's nutrition. And so some people are just freaks, right? They can eat pop tarts and cookies every day and still look like a comic book character. Right. And then then there's the ones that are constantly underfed, overtrained, under, under recovered. Mm -hmm. Like there's that extreme as well. So he recognizes it. Right. But like, yeah, man. So like there's, there's that whole thing. And, uh, for me, I was kind of doing that in the beginning. I was, uh, I'd be like, I didn't understand training programming or anything. Right. Uh, dude, I was like, okay, it's been a couple hours. It's time to fucking train again, dude. And it, you know, I didn't understand central nervous system training or fatigue. I didn't understand like any of that shit. So I was just like going super slow, doing overhead squats and trotting on my jogs and shit like that. Just way too much. I'm glad I joined a gym because I had people telling me like, Hey man, like just try doing the class and one other thing. And then I followed like uh, Jim Windler's five three one, and mm. then I started making some good progress doing that, like real good progress. That complementing with CrossFit, and then I found Barbell Shrugged. And Barbell Shrugged did a ton for me, dude. Right, a they ton. they brought a lot of great information. They, I mean, they were there at the at the beginning of the whole CrossFit movement, and there were some smart guys there: uh, Bledsoe, mm. Macklin, Bergeron. Right, uh, I believe it was it was Chris. Uh, I forget his last name. He actually had passed a few years ago. Yeah, I, there, um, that that there was like four people. Yeah, they they got real smart about like they were starting to look at the science. They were mm-hmm. starting to look at kind of this. Yeah, and they, they would get guests on that like actually 
Like, I think they had Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Patrick before Rogan did. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, probably. And, uh, dude, I was like, vitamin D, what am I doing? <laughs> you know well, at I mean? least they brought a lot of things to light, man. I mean, what they did was is they started to bring, like, the realism of recovery, the realism of training for the non-athlete, yeah. right, the non-competitive athlete to the, to the table. And there, there were certainly a lot of things that spawned off of that. I mean, you look at, like, Rob Wolf and what he was doing with the paleo, you know, diet and and to where he was then to where he is now there was so many people that had latched on or joined into the crossfit community and fucking smart people Mm -hmm. really intelligent smart people that just had to kind of catch up to the momentum that was going on and it's still at this point i mean the momentum's still going strong so you get that they have this critical mass it's almost going like wildfire Almost uncontrollably. Dude, it's so. so weird now. That's a whole other thing that I, I have like these weird feelings about because I feel like uh, we've in the community, there's been like a lot of like CrossFit. It seems like with their programming and kind of the things that I see. And don't get me wrong. I don't keep up a whole lot with the newest CrossFit stuff anymore, but it definitely seems like they're doing damage control from what I can see because be. there's, there's a lot of CrossFit fail YouTube videos, clips. There's a lot of people shitting oh, they, on like a standard for CrossFit coaching. They got, they, they, yeah, they ran into some damage control for sure yeah. at some point. I think the cream will always rise to the top. There are some amazing people in that community. But, you know, again, the barrier of entry is very low, mm-hmm. right? It allowed for, you know, tons of people to get in at weird times, but there's a lot of opportunity there. And, yeah, I, I would imagine they're doing a little bit damage control, I think, on the, bu- the I business end. I don't agree end. with it, though. I, I think it's on the business end that that's why they're doing it. Yep. I just don't agree with it because, like, without going too far into this, because uh, I know when I got into CrossFit, who I was around when I got into CrossFit, and looking back at some of those things that some of these people above me would tell me, I'm like, damn, dude, I could have very well gotten hurt, but also, would I be where I am today in terms of fitness and how often I worked out and Things that I experienced if I didn't go through that. Those, those experiences, one hundred percent agree. Like you, you have to fuck up. You, you have do. to fall down. You just have to fuck up, dude. You have to fall down. Yeah, you let's go back to your mom for a second. Never mm-hmm. wanting you to be, mm-hmm. you know. So now you're doing all your falling down at mm-hmm. twenty four. All whatever, kinds of it. You know, all you know at twenty four <laughs> years old, rather than yeah. falling down earlier and learning those lessons. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a lesson to all this helicopter parenting right now. I think mm-hmm. are. I'm just going to say it. I think our nation as a whole is dealing with the, the ill effects of helicopter parenting. Like, definitely. He, like he, you didn't learn your lessons early and now you're learning them. Now this goes back to having to take control or accept responsibility for your actions and the consequences that come along with those actions. And one of the, the greatest lessons my, my mother and my father ever taught me was, is you own your shit. Like you, there are actions and consequences, and you are one hundred and ten you know percent responsible for the actions that you make and the consequences that come along with that period end of story I don't want to hear anymore if you make the decision you know there's there is an aftermath of that, and sometimes it's a fifty fifty and sometimes there's a reward, and sometimes there isn't and you you got to deal with that and right now we're just looking we're staring down the barrel of oh it's not my fault somebody else will take care of this. Like somebody else will helicopter in is going to yeah. take care of this issue. And in your case, you're falling down now. It's dude. It's so weird at, to me because at that point in your life where you're, that's where my mom was like my whole life. And now I joke with her all the time and she fucking hates her. And it's like, take yeah. ownership, dude. 
yeah. so I can take ownership <laughs> for what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, uh, it's funny because she raised me like that and I'm like so mad about it, but then I'm also like really happy with like who I'm becoming. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're, such a weird fucking thing, but I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. As it, again, I think there's so many, there's, there's a dichotomy of you're either learning that or you learned it. Let's, let's just put it this way. You either learned it and you're dealing with it. Okay. Or you're doing, dealing with it fine and you're, you're growing as a person. Uh, Cause you have to go through it at some point. You're going to go through it at some point. You're going to have, you're going to face issues and you're going to have to make decisions mm-hmm. and you're going to make wrong ones and you're going to make seemingly right ones. But the, one way or another, it's coming, it's yeah. coming. And you know, regardless of, of your upbringing, you're taking personal responsibility for your stuff, right? And you're taking personal, in this case, you're taking personal responsibility for your health, personal responsibility for your fitness, personal responsibility for the decisions and the actions that you make every day in order to better, better your situation. And by doing that, you learn what was maybe a good decision or maybe a not so great decision, uh, which has kind of brought you to where, where you're at. So. I mean, that's life. That's that's where we're at, yeah. right? Sorry, that sounds like a lecture. But the, no, I mean, right. so you go, you go through CrossFit. You ultimately become a coach. You're starting mm-hmm. to give back, right? And you're inspiring people through the lessons that you've learned and not making the same mistakes with your clients or with the coaching that you yeah, maybe experience. So that's in. the thing, dude. Is like having those failures and working too hard in certain areas, hurting my knee, for example hurting my shoulder. I don't get to squat as often as I used to, even though I can totally squat without pain now. But if I start squatting a lot, like often, like if I get on a squatting program, dude, I feel it. I'm 31. I shouldn't be feeling it like this when I get on a squatting program or outdoor basketball. Actions and consequences. Yeah, but because of that, maybe I don't fucking front squat 400 pounds like I've always wanted to, right? But I think I've helped a lot of people uh, through prehab and rehab, the boring shit. That's important that CrossFitters need to fucking hear because a lot of times CrossFitters mentality is what's awesome is you, once they get in the gym, dude, they're fucking engines or workhorses. Problem is you have to dial them back. Right. Right. Cause once they're in and they're sold on it, dude, like there's a lot of dialing back and, um, yeah, dude, all that shit that I learned by fucking up. And like I said, I don't think it's good that they're doing damage control now from what I can see, uh, as a brand, uh, me personally, <laughs> Um, I'm glad I went through that because dude, like I feel awesome coaching people now. And like, dude, I never said I wanted to do like the CrossFit games or be like an athlete like that. I just wanted to like see what my body personally can do and by like helping other people and living in, in that environment and learning as much as I can. Dude, for so many years, I loved it. Like dude, happiest person in the world. Right. Well, again, that was the other thing that CrossFit did. You talked about community but there was always connection it gave people purpose Dude. right purpose for making better decisions like making like better nutrition decisions making better social decisions like well i'm gonna go out but i'm not going to drink right mm-hmm. or i'm gonna you know i'm gonna get to bed at a decent hour because i have this workout that i'm committed to tomorrow mm-hmm. and i don't want to look like a little bitch or whatever the case is mm-hmm. like it, it it started to change people's thinking about their lifestyle and the, the the decisions and the commitments they were making on a daily basis and fulfilling both of those things, whatever decision they made or whatever commitment they made. And again, all hats off to those types of, those types of things in the, in the CrossFit world for the people that were behind it, supported it, uh, perpetuated it and have, and have delivered it to so many, so many people out there. It's global. 
mean, you can't go anywhere, any corner of the world. You can say CrossFit and people are going to know what you're talking about. They're, yeah. They might be a little, they might not have a full education on it, but they've, they've heard it before. They, they know a little bit about it or they know somebody that does it or has done it. Yeah. So it teaches you work ethic. It teaches you how to suffer and how to it deal. It definitely teaches you how to suffer and bounce back. Dude. Right. And, and, and know that it's temporary. Right. And, yeah. uh, what's the, uh, there's like an all in mentality there or every, the AMRAP mentality as Jason Kalipo would put it right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, as many reps as possible for the time that you're putting in, whatever that is, even if it's a limited time, um, you're, you're giving it everything you have, you're staying focused, then you switch off and you move to the next thing. It, it, it taught people life skills in, in that sense. So yeah, I, dude, like, like everything that I'm doing now is still rooted to like CrossFit somehow, whether it was like the life change, uh, in a positive manner. And that like, as far as like being healthier, having a clearer mind, um, the work ethic has always been there for things that I like and I enjoy, but it puts structure, mm. you know? Um, and it was like humbling. Like I said, I didn't like listening to people and I was forced to have to listen to people if I didn't want to like kill myself through overtraining or dieting incorrectly mm. to where I feel like I'm going to puke when honestly it shouldn't be that way right. all the time. Like, yeah, there's anaerobic training, but it shouldn't be like as bad as it was for me for a while training five hours and stuff like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and, but you learned that through experience. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, like we talked about, like whether it's social or business, like it's good to meet diverse group with everybody that has some sort of goal. So across the board, dude, like I'm going to do CrossFit for the rest of my life. I'm just, it's going to be limited because you just, you can't be like a games athlete 24 seven. Yeah. You figure out how to make it work for you. It's just like yeah. anything else. And those, there'll be times where you can go a little harder and times where you have to dial back. I guess the, the the part I want to hear about next is how this relates to the brand mm-hmm. train with purpose and kind of how this has evolved and what is it you're doing? Let's talk about train with purpose. Okay. So because I have, I have my own insight to it and, you know, personal insight to it from my, the time that I've spent with you. Uh, <laughs> but, but I want to hear kind of your take. Let's, let's lay this out there so people understand where is you coming from and how it, your background CrossFit uh, and taking personal responsibility for your, your health and wellness translates into train with purpose. Okay. So I love being a CrossFit coach, right? I also like challenging myself. Um, and to a certain extent, I felt like I was coaching enough uh, for another gym, like working underneath them to where I wanted to like expand and challenge myself a little more and have my own gym. I let the owner of my gym know this respectfully and actually asked for advice too in the process and uh he was like hey man if i could help with anything i'd love to um and honestly if you know if you're interested in doing some sort of partnership maybe maybe not it's up to you but you know i'm here for you and i was like dude that's like really cool and i love being being a part of this community and his family like, let's do it let's do a gym and i'll i'll you know i'll follow you, your guidance or whatever and let's just open like uh, another branch of the gym that we currently have or they currently have that i work for and we started planning things out over the course of a couple months because I told him, I was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to leave and do this on my own or, you know, you can help me out. Everything's cool. I just want to do this, you know. And uh, after a couple months, uh, the pandemic happened. <laughs> okay. So I had saved like $8,000. It's not a lot of money. I have solid credit at this point. And um, 
I'm like, okay, well, he, he calls me after like they officially like say, okay, gyms are done. And like, I actually can't go into my gym. I'm like, okay. He calls me. He's like, Hey man. So we can totally start this lease on this small property. Like we planned on, um, it's up to you. I'm still down. If you are, I want to get your thoughts on it. And we have all this equipment. We kind of have to make it a, a decision soon. Cause it's now equipment is becoming like hard to get. Yeah. To I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The, so the, this, pa- the pandemic equipment scra- uh, scramble was impressive, man. Like, yeah, dude, a lot of people got uh home gyms after that. Oh yeah. They learned That's- a lot from it. It's kind of scary because now people don't think they need gyms, which is kind of weird. It's not true. I don't think because you need coaching and stuff. That's a whole nother thing. I, um, I think people are going to miss the community, but I think there are people socially, out there that can do fine. Like you did in your gym, you know, at home for a while, I did, but, but I didn't some, get pushed at some you know? point. I think people will be looking for something else. And whether that's through some type of a virtual community or obviously coming back to a gym or having that, the gym be part of what they do. Not that they ever, they stop working mm-hmm. at home, but they, they come, they come back for again, coaching or new ideas or, you know, community or whatever the, whatever the draw is. We're not quite there yet here in California. Yeah. It's a wacky place, particularly here in the Bay area, but, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's coming. I think it's coming. I'm going to be, I'm going to be positive, but anyhow, so you, so you get basically rocked in the side of the head, like the rest of us did with the pandemic. And I was like super eager. I'm like, yes, dude, finally, like I can like create this new community and just like spread my love and do, and do your thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. and then he, I'm actually surprised he was like, Hey man, we, we, we can still do this, but it's risky. There's risk to this. Doesn't mean we can't do it. And I was like, you know what, man, I've, I've saved this money and, uh, I'm really scared of everything going on right now. I don't think it's smart to do that. So I said, go ahead and let the equipment go do whatever you gotta do. I said, that doesn't mean I don't want to do this. That just means like, I'm not ready now. It's not, it's not the right time. And he's like, I think you made the right decision. Um, okay. We'll talk about this in the future. But until then, dude, let's, uh, let's try to rock the gym we got going, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. And I couldn't work for, I think it was like three or four months or something like that. Fortunately, we were shut down here for a year and having a tough time and being outside and doing all yeah. kinds of crazy shit. We're not in the heart of the city like you. Yes. It was miserable. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a tough time to be building a business. Dude, it's, it's, you can't go into your gym. It's crazy. And honestly, like hats off to like, um, the owner of my gym, dude, like I tell him whenever we talk about it, that I'm like, I'm super proud that he was leader of that gym during that time period. Cause no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't wrap my head around how to get out of what was going on with the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and he did everything right. Um, and that now I think, uh, maybe like, I don't know, a few months ago we had hit like a peak of membership or something like that coming out of it. And I think that's cause we survived and a lot of gyms didn't. Um, anyway. Yeah. So I just basically just was home for a few months and then, you know, you're at home and what's happening, propaganda, you're seeing the news, you're seeing everything, the riots, all this kind of shit. And I've always, um, liked guns and I actually didn't shoot guns until a little less than three years ago. I've owned a Glock my whole life since being an adult. Cause I think you should have one. This is America, but it's a very American thing to do. Yeah. But I, I never shot it, dude. I was super irresponsible in terms of shooting it. I wasn't irresponsible with it. It was just locked away forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think there's 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 two things to that. I mean, you said you locked it away, which is a responsible act. Yeah. 
but owning a gun thinking that you oh it's there okay so you have a gun it's like okay it's locked up so mm-hmm. it's quote unquote safe but if you ever had to use it that's unsafe yeah when i first got it i was like okay i can hit silhouettes at like five to seven yards just fine and that's all it was i never trained with it right excuse me so that's how i was <laughs> with guns and i was like okay so i'm seeing everything with riding and stuff like that and I'm so submerged into being a coach, doing CrossFit, the CrossFit lifestyle, all this kind of stuff all the time. And then I can't. I'm at home for three or four months and I'm still working out and stuff like that. But I'm seeing the news. I'm seeing YouTube and talking to friends that are conspiracy theorists that aren't stupid people, but they just they they go on the deep end, whether or not there is truth to it or not. You know what I mean? There's always some truth. Yeah, right? exactly. But no matter who you are, the riots happened. You know what I mean? I, w- I was here, right? You're yeah. right about that. Yeah. So seeing that shit kind of freaked me out. And so all this time that I spent liking guns and not really doing anything with them. And I actually, after the John Wick movies came out, I'm not going to lie. John Wick? The John Wick movies came out. If you look at my cell phone case, I have John Wick calling a dog. <laughs> yeah. So I know the theatrics in that movie. But with that being said, hey, man, it inspired me to get into shooting. I just didn't spend a lot of time doing it. And like I said, it was a little less than three years ago. Interesting. Like, yeah. So- Two things. One, the very real things that were happening, mm-hmm. you know, in our in our country, yeah. you know, in our communities. I was acutely aware of that it was happening right out front of my building here, yeah. uh, in my neighborhood because I live blocks from the blocks from here. It was a, it was a scary time. It was a, it was a let's just say it was a worrisome time for me, uh, and so that kind of inspires some thoughts, maybe makes you think a little bit differently. It makes me think like, yeah, dude, like we're really out here by ourselves, but there's also this other component of the John wick movies and who doesn't, who doesn't like a good action flick. Yeah. Well, the thing is when I first saw John wick, I was like, dude, I don't know why I don't understand what I'm seeing, but that's not like any gunfighting I've seen in a movie before. They did a great job of that. Right. So like, I was inspired. I was like, that's actually pretty fucking cool. I thought this was like Keanu Reeves movie. This was going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very unlikely candidate. Yeah. But, um, you know, as we know now, the guy's no joke. Yeah, know? dude. I totally respect it. I, I watched a couple of his YouTube videos. I was like, this guy actually knows how to shoot. Like, yeah. right. And so with me starting to like scratch the surface on like shooting's kind of cool. And I started looking into three gun and stuff like that. Terran tactical, all that kind of stuff. And like I said, I'm forced to be at home. So like, I'm not like submerged in CrossFit. I don't have my athletes to coach. I'm remote coaching, super fucking boring. If it's not zoom or something like that, especially with CrossFit, man, people are trying to compete, you know? Right. Um, so I had their programs and just checked up on them, made sure they're doing their things. And honestly, at that point I was, I was so scared that I didn't want anybody training more than an hour. Cause I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen in our world. I don't need you burning hella calories and hella food for no reason right now. I don't know what's happening. That's, uh, it's valid at the beginning of that. Whole yeah, thing, yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy. My mind was everywhere. So I never let myself shoot as much as I wanted to, even though I got really into it uh, because I was so busy with CrossFit. And then with all this stuff, I started dry firing all the time. Dry firing is free. You're stuck at home. Watch T-Rex Arms videos. And I'm like, this is cool. And I started picking up like really, really things that you think about when you shoot, not just There's like a lot theatrics. of good content out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have all this time at home. So I'm just basically, I don't have like a job technically. It's waiting for me when everything op- opens back up, but just chilling. And so I started dry firing a shit ton and I'm watching everything happening. And then I have like a good amount of friends that are like law enforcement and stuff like that. And I always give them shit about being in better shape than them. I'm a CrossFitter. So like, it's easy for me to say that, but honestly, dude, if you're like in law enforcement, especially some of my friends in Stockton PD, 
I don't know if you've been to Stockton, but that shit's crazy. And the stories rough out there and the stories that I've heard, I totally understand like why that job is fucking hard, like on so many levels. I, I couldn't, I couldn't ever imagine doing it. So I have massive respect for my friend that's like Stockton PD. But with that being said, dude, you have to be a professional and you can't just like not work out and just bench and drink three days a week. I drink heavy goes back to personal responsibility. Exactly. Right. And so like, uh, everything's going on in my head, man. I'm like, I have this money for this gym. I got really into shooting. I still value fitness. I'm seeing my, my friends doing things I don't respect. The George Floyd thing happens. People are hating cops. And I, I don't necessarily like love cops. I don't hate cops. I don't love them. I'm just like, I respect them. We need them. Right. But I also have friends that, like I said, they're like law enforcement and I do love those guys. And I'm just like, dude, you're like not in a good position by not being physically fit. Me being a better shooter than you. I just started shooting months ago at this point. You know what I mean? I'm like, I shoot better than you. I can run a faster mile deadlift bench more than you all this kind of shit. And I'm just like, dude, the world's crazy. And then I started like, I'd, I'd before we had went into the pandemic, I'd started coming up with my own fitness program based off of tactical stuff that would test on myself. And I was like, you know what, dude, I got all the time in the world. I need to do something productive and not just be brainwashed at home. So I dry fired. I started working on this program and I started like making an Instagram page. Like I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? I'm going to fucking everything I do, like kind of like the idea behind the book of five rings. Like once you learn how to master something, like you, you kind of get how to master anything, not necessarily like the details of it, but you understand the steps it takes to get good at things. Right. And so once you've gone through like CrossFit, like just the crazy work ethic you have to have and the strategy and ups and the downs. And then like all this is just kind of going through my head. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start this Instagram page. I'm gonna document me training. I'm just trying to implement some of these training ideas that I want to do. Maybe it's not nothing super groundbreaking, but it's going to be stuff that's going to translate to the real world for JP for like running and gunning for doing CrossFit. So let me understand something. I just want to understand kind of where your mindset is here. So you're seeing things happening out in the universe, particularly in the country. Yeah. You're, you're sort of cross-referencing what you see your friends going through, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, As police officers, Mm -hmm. you recognize the connection between fitness uh, let's just say strong, a strong physical presence, right? Yeah. And also your ability to move, right? Your ability mm-hmm. to recover. Uh, there's power strength. You're you're a coach at this point, so you got power, strength, uh, mobility, flexibility, endurance, speed, agility components. You're seeing how this all kind of fits in together, and you're you're worried. You're worried that yeah, at some level. All of this stuff is going to come together and are you prepared? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. So for me personally, I definitely was thinking about preparedness for sure. That's like how I started like following field craft and stuff like that. Look, man, I think this is very, very valid. I found myself in a very similar situation where over like a 72 hour, you know, whatever was 96 hour period, our country went through some real shit. Mm-hmm. and it trickled over into a lot of metropolitan areas, and it trickled into our downtown San Jose area. Well, I live downtown, and the epicenter kind of of what was happening there was about a little, right about two miles from here. So initially it was, well, that's a little far away, but it's not really. 
it's literally kind of happened down the street and it was live on the news and you're seeing all these pictures and it was horrific. You know, you're, you know, wow. Our, our society, our, our, our nation, our citizens, we're in a really rough spot right now. This is really hard to watch. It was, for me, it was very sad. I, I, I was seeing what was happening on TV, you know, what happened with uh, again, George Floyd and, the, and, and all, and how it came to be. And, and obviously the, the, the death, the the sorrow, the anger, all the things that were happening in the communities, and then how it escalated was as an American citizen, right? And as an American, and as a, and as a guy who wants to try and be uh, understanding of all the all the pieces to this puzzle. Like it, for me, it wasn't one sided at all. It was like there's no right, there's no wrong here. This is all just messed up. And how mm-hmm. did we get here? But then to watch it spill over, right, and start to manifest down just miles a couple of miles from the house I, I i was watching the tv going this is this is a little i'm I'm scared like i'm sitting there with my family you know i've got both my daughters actually and and um and my partner sitting there watching the tv and i'm i'm scratching my head and it's it's starting to escalate and we're watching the, the police department here who's sort of handling things fairly quickly and decisively i i want to get my hats off actually the San Jose APD and, and the sheriff's office here in santa clara county for how they handled them things i know that they faced a lot of criticism and i'm just going to be upfront about this uh, i'm 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 very pro police and they're faced with a very tough situation and when people are lighting shit on fire and trying to burn down businesses and break into businesses and things it's a very tough, tough situation. That's something you got to deal with every day. And they more or less kind of eradicated that issue pretty fast. But in their eradication efforts, what that ended up happening was they started pushing people out, right? That was the thing. It was like, we got to disperse these people. Well, they started coming down the street. Well, City Hall is on, the, I'm on the same street as City Hall, right? And so I was watching literally on TV, Skycam, whatever the hell it was. Like, I'm going, oh my God, all these angry people are yeah, moving. See, you had it way worse than me. And I was probably, they're crazier shit they're moving you. towards my business right <laughs> so you know as a business owner and as a guy so i'm 47 years old i remember vividly april 29th 1992 i know exactly where i was i know exactly what was going on when the rod when the, just following the rodney king trial the riots broke out in la I was sitting in front of the TV and I remember that vividly. I, I, because it was happening in neighborhoods where I had family members living and the things that were going on down there and the chaos that, that was created and watching businesses being burned down, being looted, uh, citizens that had worked their whole lives, they had families that owned businesses. And I was watching essentially that very thing happen again. And I think a lot of people that are watching TV, they don't remember that or they weren't exposed to it. It was very real to me. And I was going, this shit's for, I remember this and this, this went on for days and days and days. And I remember how the police departments, right? The law enforcement felt almost, they were outnumbered and they've almost felt inept. They did. They were showing up on scene and these guys had more weapons than they did, right? They had more firepower. They were outnumbered. It was just a horrible situation. But to that point, businesses were being burned down and my life was, is the business like that's mm-hmm. how I put, I put food on the table it's everything i had poured my life into for you know the previous 10 years and i felt a real need to be here to secure my business much like i watched those citizens particularly asian americans mm-hmm. in parts of la long beach south central Asians. right i mean there's there's 
people play on that. Like, where did the term rooftop Asians came from? Oh, yeah. It came from there. Yeah. Right. And them having to stand up as a community and protect their businesses. So I, I quickly gathered my, what I felt I needed to do to protect myself and my business. And I came down you here. Got real, dude. And I camped out in my lobby with the lights on. I don't with, blame you, man. And where I was, everybody else was like trying to exit the area. I was like, that's not, that's not the choice I'm going to make. So look, I don't think you're crazy for feeling that. Like, I don't think it's weird. I think a lot of people felt that way. And I think those of us that take personal responsibility for our possessions, our own personal safety, and we're our own first responders in a sense, when the rest of the first responders out there are busy tackling other fucking issues, nobody's coming as the Instagram you know, yeah. background music or saying goes, nobody's coming. Yeah. Like, and if they do, it's going to be a bit. So yeah. what are you going to do in the meantime? I, I was there. I was right there with you, man. I was sitting in the lobby of my, or in the. Well, yeah. And, the and then there's like the stuff that the news doesn't show you. You're seeing like real footage of like weird stuff. And like, just in terms of like, uh, what was happening? Like, in, what was it? Seattle. Oh, no, Portland. Yeah, Portland. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird like videos and photos and stuff. I was seeing friends that have been out there and like, dude, I have no idea how they're not putting this on the news. And so after me hearing that, I'm like, I don't even know how close anything is, how crazy anything is. Dude, I was getting really scared, just to be honest, thinking about my family and stuff. And uh, I was also getting really frustrated with my friends that were like law enforcement. Because I'm just like, you fucking guys are on Instagram posting that you're drinking again, partying again. And you guys are like... You're the first responder. You're the first responder, dude. Like, you know, like it was really bothering me because I'm like, not only was I, was I in better shape than you, but it only took me so many months to become a better shooter than you. Not that I'm some absolutely amazing shooter. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that like, if you apply yourself and take your fucking job seriously and you're professional, I'm not shitting on people or anything like that. Cause like I said, I, I couldn't deal with half the shit my friends have told me they've dealt with. You know what I mean? I could. You know that, yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm saying you you still signed up for that job. So to a certain extent, there's things that come with it, like firearms training, there's physical fitness, things like that. That is part of it. And just because you're not being tested on it all the time doesn't mean you should be account you shouldn't be accountable to yeah, it. Yeah, especially when you have a family. Especially when you have to go home to people. You know what I mean? So that stuff was like really bothering me. And so I was kind of just thinking in my head, like what I do, what I want to do in terms of fitness preparedness i started thinking about preparedness way more than ever because of all this and uh just that whole mindset just started coming in together and i was like well i got this program now i'm training all the fucking time dry firing all the time i'm trying to absorb all this information that that i can on preparedness and shooting and all this kind of stuff like that i enjoy it i can't go back to my gym for x amount of months whatever it is right um so i started this page and then after a few months of talking um, to people. And luckily I had a friend, um, who knew some people who run a machine shop locally and I had some ideas for things. And that's like where the base plate came from. Right. So hold on. So let's be clear. Cause I know the story. I know this, this part of it, but to articulate it, you have started a, a brand called mm-hmm. train with purpose. Yeah. Right. And the train with purpose speaks to what you just said there. Like, yeah. Hey, the reason I'm training now is to be prepared. The reason I'm training now is because I'm taking personal responsibility for the situations that are thrown at me in life, whether that's yeah. at the gym working out of competing or the unfortunate circumstances that we're watching unfold in front of us on TV and in the neighborhoods yeah. around us. I just, when I go to the gym or when I'm going to the range or when I'm going, you know, when I'm, when I'm studying situational awareness or jujitsu or, you know, self-defense mm-hmm. or whatever, 
mindset training, whatever it happens to be, I'm doing that with the understanding that I just want to be prepared for the situations that might be put out in front of me in my yeah. life. I don't want to be caught in a situation that I'm not prepared for. Yeah. I mean, and, if if you just look at things like that, like, I don't mean like go beyond doomsday preppers. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, there's not a whole lot of deviation from your standard lifestyle. If you just work hard to like be somewhat prepared and aware and ready for a lot of stuff and just along the way, you feel better and more confident about yourself anyway. I think most people would agree with you, but at the same time, there's a lot of people out there, JP, that would look at you and go, dude, that's a little over the top, man. Like mm-hmm. you sound like a little bit of a fanatic here, right? Yeah, JP, probably. like, you know, come on. Like, it's like not everybody's out to get you. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, like we don't need people running around with guns. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, you know, don't, don't, let's not pretend that because you, you know, take two jujitsu classes a week and go to CrossFit two days a week that, you know, you're going to save the world. There's a lot of people that, that might come at yeah, it that way. Of course. I would say there's a little bit of ignorance in that. I would also say that's, that's a little bit slighted. Uh, but at the same time, there may be a little bit of truth in that. So how do you justify all this? Like, what? so like, I think Coley on your, uh, he does it really well for me. Uh, I seen a video. Maybe he made a long time ago now. I want to say a few years. Uh, yeah. Huge advocate two a advocate. Yeah. He's an attorney. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like he's, pretty polarizing he, he knows his, his shit he's pretty um, controversial but at the same time when he talks you're like yeah that's there's a lot of truth in that well i mean the bottom line is the way he put it was like okay like i said i've owned a gun for like a decade now right but it wasn't until about three years ago i started shooting the thing and training with it um the thing he said that really made me think yeah is like think of somebody in your family that you love right and if a for some reason, like maybe it's because my mom raised me, you know, if it's like your mom or something like that, if somebody came into your house and took advantage of your mom, if you didn't have a gun, would you feel as comfortable or would you feel more comfortable if she or you had a gun? Right. And maybe that pulled on my heartstrings a little bit because it started making me emotional. Like, sure. oh man, like, yeah, I'm confident in myself to like, oh, that's a take, good sales pitch, JP. Yeah. Like take on yeah. another person. But also if I had a fucking gun and knew how to use it, that'd be pretty quick. <laughs> there could be a solution there. Maybe even just presenting that gun diffuses the situation. Yeah. Right? Whether you got to use it or not, maybe just having it. Yeah. One yeah. I mean, there's, able- there's a lot of things that go into that, but I mean, it's like they say, like you have a shotgun, you rack the slide and usually that's enough. I'm um, not always, obviously if somebody's like on drugs or some shit like that, but yeah, I mean like after hearing something like that, yeah, it's not that crazy to me to like go shooting quarterly, like every few months. Right. Brush up on your skills. Spend six hundred dollars on a Glock, three hundred fifty dollars on a Mossberg shotgun, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just go shoot four or five times a year, right? And be responsible. Be somewhat proficient. Yeah. yeah. Just don't hurt anybody else. Just have it for self defense. To me, that was like a selling point. Like, take responsibility. Like, we don't like have you guys hold, you know, scissors or keep scissors from from people. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're above five years old, I think everybody can carry scissors. Right. But I mean, a scissor scissors can do a lot to somebody. Right. And a vehicle causes more deaths than guns by a long shot. Right. So I don't know. Um, for me, that was a selling point is like the probability of something like that happening in your life is pretty low, but, um, the fact that it can happen, nobody can tell me that it can't happen. It definitely can happen to anybody. Right. And I'd rather just prevent that. It's it's really not that hard to take a few measures. Like I said, every three to four months, go shoot. 
own a $600 Glock. You're a responsible human being. Same way you're trusted with a car. I would have to agree with you. And I think that there's obviously that's a very polarizing topic because yeah. people are very fearful or unaware or have had very bad experiences around firearms or grown up around them in a, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Or there's, there's a lot of bad things that you typically associated with it. Um, I think a lot of it just has to do with the lack of understanding, maybe Definitely. An, an education. Yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, our community like, and when I say our community, I mean the two A community is mm-hmm. not doing a really great job of coming together. No, not at all. There are a lot of people working very hard to change this, but there are still a, there are a lot of people, and there's a lot of entities that are not doing a very good job at at speaking um, with a message that really represents the more reasonable, responsible uh, gun owner out there. Oh, and, and that which trains with guns. And so it's created a little bit of, there's a polarization even within the community. And that's, that's a tough place to be. Like there's certain people that are, I think there's, there's a right and a left side of this. Right. And when I, I don't mean that politically, I just mean like you got some people that are all the way to the right and they're fanatics. Right. And the way they they talk is aggressive. It's, it's, it's not showing very good, much understanding the way they communicate, uh, to say it leaves a lot to be desired and on the other end there's those that say oh yeah i i i'm a i'm a two-way advocate and i support my rights but they don't say anything about it right so they're not standing up they're not making a statement they're not standing up for the rights and they never train mm-hmm. right they they own a gun they're they're effectively an irresponsible gunner and there's a lot of people in the middle that are maybe drifting a little bit right or left of that right but and and do train regularly and do have strong convictions and are now being silent about just like, eh, I don't want to get involved because I don't want to be associated with either of these douchebags, right? Either Dude, this, that's this, a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And then there's the people in the middle that are trying to bring it together. And then there's those that are kind of looked up to in the, in the, in the community that are instructors or, you know, part of these big companies uh, that provide education or equipment or um, some type of social structure for it that, some are doing a really good job. Some aren't. Or, but at the end of the day, a lot of times they can't seem to agree um, on 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 things. Or they're talking shit about the other company. Mm-hmm. Or they're they're just. It just seems to be again. There's, there's a divi- always divide. There's a di- there's a divide. What it <laughs> there's is, a divide man. within the divide where people. You know, I believe I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They just they want they do want to be responsible. They do want to know more. They do want to be better. They do want to improve their skill. And they're having a hard time finding an outlet and a resource to be able to provide, you know, good instruction or good advice or somebody that they can align with, you know, say, yeah, this is somebody that I, that I really like, I really look up to. And here's the reasons why I feel like they're, they lack choice. They feel like they lack choice when there's a ton of choice. And then again, I think that the community makes it a little tougher. And then also, I think there's, there's some things worth talking about, you know, or maybe not today, but that being how do you get this information right how where would where do you get it from where do you go to 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 take in your or consume it is it facebook is it instagram is it youtube because right now that that community our our community is being blacklisted we're outlaws on those types of platforms so where does somebody yeah, go to get the, to get that information and it's usually somebody they know right that has a gun mm-hmm. right 
mm-hmm. or or as part of it. And again, are they all the way to the right? Are they all the way to the left? Are they somewhere in the middle? That's what bothers me, dude. Is yeah. why is there so much pushback on like on people trying to educate or give out information or like just just help people in this space? I just don't understand why uh, there's so much suppression. Um, it makes me feel like no matter what in history, if if they're trying to keep something from you, usually like they're not on the good side. Oh, usually it goes back to you being told like do stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Usually it's like, I don't know. It kind of bothers me. But anyway, the point is that like, I definitely think that like, uh, there's this community is, is new, even though guns have been around forever. I think it's new because it's been like its own small little thing. Like it's almost like you're a hillbilly military law enforcement. If you're into guns, like before the last decade or so, mm-hmm. or like you're just like everybody else who's like guns are cool. I see them in movies right now though. It's like very popular. I think things like John wick made that a thing because they use real guns and real tactics, right? Made it like really popular. People like T-Rex arms are making video games like call of duty, which everybody fucking plays like right. the amount of reach that that has is crazy. And guess what? Lucas is, actually on the game like you know doing the choreography for some of the game right or on one of the games whatever one of the recent ones and so it's becoming like a social norm but for some reason these platforms don't want it to be which that bothers me (laughs) especially when there's just so much like information to be learned um but with that being said like that's kind of also what got me interested too that's something i didn't touch on is like man i think i seen it was like Man, it was like five or six million new gun owners in like 2020, something along that line in America. Like that's like a lot of new business. Oh, I mean, <laughs> whether you're manufacturing stuff or, or coaching, instructing, that's a lot of new business. And that's also a lot of new responsibility for you, the United States to you, have that many new guns on the streets. You got it, man. You know what I mean? I mean, there are millions of guns out there in the hands of, of, of the citizens of the United States. Right. And some of those citizens are not good citizens. Dude, you know, they're, they're, they're evil exists. There's bad shit out there. Mm-hmm. And these people are using guns as a means to commit crimes, intimidate strong arm, you know, their way through their life. And, you know, for whatever their, their, their gain or their agenda is, that's a reality. And you, you can't hide from that. Cause I'll tell you one thing that shit's all over social media. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but the the flip side of that like, all the muskets that are retrieved right all, <laughs> all the muskets that are retrieved but also like look all, all the bad shit continually perpetuates i mean you can find that anywhere and if you're not if you're not yeah. seeing that it's because you're not paying attention or whatever you fed the, the instagram to feed you back isn't that's not part of it the point of that is, is you'll see that stuff all day long what you don't talk what, what you know, you're never going to see is the positives that come out of it all the mm-hmm. lives saved all the 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 positiveness that's come with you know that which ex- does exist in the firearms community and i have to tell you that 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 comes to us and kind of what what how this kind of happened it happened through the firearms community in training together yeah right somewhere somehow you cross paths with people and my experience is it's probably not what most people would think you know like most people most people, and when I say most people, those that are scared of or just don't understand, they just, they're not, 
they're they're not educated to for whatever the reasons are they're resistant to the gun community probably don't understand the level of passion right that exists and the humbleness also that exists within the firearms community because when i show up to train whether i go to an event or a range day or just out with my, out with my friends what you get is a high level of respect right mm-hmm. a high level of respect from everybody on the range a high level of humbleness and it's people trying to make themselves better right not so they can go out and shoot people not not because they hope somebody breaks into their home or confronts them so that they can pull out their firearm and use it in a defensive matter, manner but for lots of reasons i mean there's competitive shooting there's defensive shooting right there's there's just learning new platforms to to work on it would be like you know learning there's all kinds of new skills and things you can learn but it's also about being outside training putting hey, the man. cell phone there's a down. lot of stuff that goes into like being in the 2A community. Yep. If you're into like training, whether it's like hunting or tactical training or three gun competition, whatever it is, like it's still fun sport with a responsible group of people for the most. That's been my experience. Yeah. That's been and, my experience. And honestly, like I know people in the news are always like, what do you want this to be? Everybody, everybody stay strapped to get clapped. And it's like the wild west. No, I don't want it to be like the wild west, but I, I also do know when I'm around a bunch of gun people, there's like, a higher level of respect. People aren't saying dumb shit to each other. Agreed. It's like that Mike Tyson thing. Like everybody forgets that, you know, they can get fucking punched when they're behind a keyboard. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, and like when we're at range events and stuff, everybody's like fucking cucumbers, super cool and calm. Cause we're just like, everybody out here is strapped. Well, everybody's respectful. Which, which brings up an interesting point. Like, why is it like that? Well, one, cause I think people are out there to try to learn one. Yeah you start making assumptions that'll get you into trouble real fast. Like Mm -hmm. you have no idea who the guy is standing next to you, what his experience level might be, what his skill level might be. It is all walks of life, Mm -hmm. right? There is from all corners of the, of the spectrum, you know, or both ends of the spectrum and all corners of the earth where people, you know, people show up to show up to do this. And they found just like in anything else, they found some community to where other people are doing that. And they're they're likely coming from a situation where they don't have a lot of that around them. So they've had to be quiet, mm-hmm. right? Or they feel like they need to be. They don't have to be. They feel like they need to be quiet because they just don't want to engage in the conversation and have to justify themselves in why they're passionate about something, their Second Amendment right, mm-hmm. right? Their particular choice of firearms, oh, I'm a SIG guy versus a Glock guy, you know, or all the little nuance that goes in into that conversation. But when they are around people that they can connect with, and this is any community, right? You're going to see them really thrive and generally lower the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Lower that wall, lower that that uh that again that defense mechanism i guess is what i'm saying so they don't feel like they have to be on edge and to your point they're cute they're cool they're 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 cool as a cucumber and my experience a lot of these shooting events is it's not a bunch of law enforcement guys dude not at all it's not a bunch of ex-military guys that are trying to you know trying to improve their skills in fact many of the instructors don't come from that background either these are people that are passionate and they have way more training than the other It's just people that love what it is. Yeah, and they're really, they're trying to yeah. improve their skill. Yeah. And, and there's a common thread there, right? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it has to do with being a, you know, being an American who loves their freedom, but also rec- recognizes that that freedom is not guaranteed. Yeah. Right. It's not guaranteed. And they're, they may feel like they're, they're backed into a corner a little bit. And some people, the, the other thing is, 
man, there's a lot of people that are just curious. Like this is it's a little taboo, right? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but mm-hmm. they're out there. They're, they're trying, like, I want to try this out. I want to kind of see what that's like, which I think is u- uber valuable. Like, I think, you know, people, more people need to do that. But at the same time, what I watch and I hear sometimes is from the, those that are the most skilled, right? Those that do provide instruction or those that do provide product. And I hear a lot of shit talking and negativity, which I just can't get my head around. You know, that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. I, and coming from the world of fitness, right, and being in it for as long as I have, there are some similar lines I think you can draw back and forth about the egos, the pieces of paper on the wall. Well, I'm a Green Beret. Well, I'm a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on fucking SWAT. Well, you know, I've never been on either of those things, but I can outshoot any of you guys on any day because I do nothing but train all day, mm-hmm. you know, on the range and kind of thing. I was like, can we just, going back to the whole Rodney King thing, can we just all find a way to get along? Like, yeah, you know, I, what's crazy to me is that me. everybody needs to actually, whether we're talking about like the riots, the 2A community, or the people who are trying to like, you know, keep yeah. the two A community small. Um, ultimately, everybody just like has to learn how to get along and live with each other, right? And uh, I think like you and me talk about this all the time, but yeah, dude, I think that uh, the two A community definitely needs more people who want to unite community versus just want to feel like their dick is big. Right? There's an. Ad- Drop the agenda, the personal yeah. agenda, and maybe look at the bigger. And maybe picture. it's easy for me to say that because, like, I'm just like a civilian. You, you know my story. Like, I'm not military law enforcement, but also like, if it's like, I don't know, why is it that I can I can train to do everything that you do? Why you is that a I mean? pro- Why is that a problem for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Why is like, dude? What if? What if this is America and we're fucking free, and that's why we live in America and nowhere else? And I just want to fucking be an action hero. I want to look like Arnold. I'm, I'm not hurting like you. Fucking John Wick. I'm not on my you. own. Right. Not talking to anybody. Just fucking have Chris, my camera dude, follow me around everywhere. <laughs> and what if I just want to do fun shit? You just want to be happy. Yeah. What if that makes me happy? Right. Like, why is it weird that like that? Like, I want to do that, but I wasn't like in the military. Law yeah. Enforcement. You want to run around in full kit? Yeah. yeah. Like, you could call it LARPing if you want, yeah. or a bit of that yeah. is, you know, like. Why is that a fucking problem for you, man? I don't understand. Like, like you, you're not any better than I am. Like, okay, I get that you've been through some shit. I, I'm telling you, I respect that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, why? Because you've been through some shit doesn't mean that I can't do this or at least try yeah. this. Uh, especially if I'm respecting you at the same time. Like, and what's like, interesting too is I'm that not like, trying to be you. I'm just trying to have an experience and have some fun. It's like with, uh, you know, they say like Jimi Hendrix, like played the guitar differently. Some people like assume it's because he played what was like a right-handed guitar, but he's left-handed. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it is. I, yeah, it was either or. Man, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. So I know with me, uh, I don't play a lot of live drums, but when I do, it sounds way fucking different. And my mind comes up with way different ideas than when I'm on a beat pad or a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why I bring that up is because if I'm a civilian and I never had to think about whatever the fuck people went through in war or on duty, Maybe I come up with different ways to approach things, more creative ways in a different way that you can benefit from me, but I could also benefit from you because you were boots on the ground. But also you had to worry about so much other shit being boots on the ground. And maybe all I ever have to think about is how to be the absolute best shooter. And some of the, the most respected people in this community, they've kind of accepted that. They talk to like JJ Ricaza, 
even though all he ever does is competition shooting. But they try to apply what they can from him, the parts of him and what he's lived through and however long he's been shooting to functional shooting the tactical world. Right. I just don't understand why you'd why you try to stop more creation and more innovation. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, but it doesn't make sense that you would want to stop or or retard that. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't particularly if you're in the business, because <laughs> just like and again, I'm going to go back to CrossFit. I think a lot of people push back and I was one of those people going, this stuff is bad. But in the reality, at the end, it wasn't. And guess what? I benefited by it. Like, just because somebody's doing different. And again, there's going to be the good, the positives and the negatives with every anything you bring you bring to any situation, right? There's mm-hmm. there's pros and cons. At the end of the day, like, it is the fitness community. It is the health and wellness community. And ultimately, what it does is it drives innovation. It pushes more people into taking more responsibility for their personal, Dude, totally. their like, personal situation. Like, why are we... Why are we putting our thumb on that and trying to hold it back? I, I don't get that. Now, that's not to say that everybody does that. That's not everybody. It just seems to kind of permeate in a, in a lot of situations where people get their panties in a bunch, their egos get in the way, right? There's there's that, well, there's my way or the highway. There's a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's situational, right? It's so you nuance. have to be open-minded. So yeah, like- Just like fitness or health or dude, business, right? So like- There's not one model. Without CrossFit- if we're just talking on like science and performance, would we have an athlete that could do a muscle up, a 500 pound back squat and a sub five minute mile? Would that exist without CrossFit? That's a really good question. If it did, we probably wouldn't know, right? Because yeah. that's the other thing that CrossFit provided was an ability to compare and measure and measure, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's a really, it's a really good point. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, and so the the same thing applies with like shooting. Like, I don't want to fucking hurt myself. I'm safe about everything. But like, if I've hurt myself trying some new weird shit, as long as I didn't hurt anybody else, what does that matter to you? Somebody's going to, you're going to learn from it. Yeah. Everybody's going to learn, right? Yeah. And if I didn't serve or if I'm not law enforcement, I don't claim to like know what they go through or know what they know in terms of like training. I go to a lot of them for training because I respect them that much. Right. Likewise. And um, yeah, one of my favorite instructors, uh, Raul Martinez, Rogue Methods, uh, ex-law enforcement military. Uh, Dude, I look to him for like all kinds of advice and um, I don't claim to know more than him, but I still want to try and learn shit that maybe I could help him with. Maybe I can help people like him with. And I think that that's like what everybody should be trying to do. Move forward. Right. Right. So. Yeah, whether it's showing up for a class or a, some type of workshop or whatever else and then providing some feedback of this is what I took away, um, this is what I noticed, you know. And mm-hmm. then, again, you have to be open to receiving that as an yeah. entity, as, a, as an instructor or whatever else. Now, I've had some really good experiences, very good experiences. But I've also had some not-so-good ones. And I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is a lack of communication um and while this is kind of like a a big broad open topic there's a universal communication or universal language that needs to be established what are we really talking about about here and this goes this transcends outside of the 2a world right so that the people outside the 2a world or the 
when I say the two way world, I just the two way community can can try to understand it better. And it's it's really it's really about having effective communication and you have to it's a two way street. Mm-hmm. That's to be the incoming and the outgoing and a little a little um being a bit humble. Yeah. <laughs> you know just just a little bit, you know, showing a little humbleness never hurt anybody. It really it really doesn't just because you're being humble doesn't mean you're weak. And, you know, I, there's a little bit of macho uh, th- that I think that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. It's predominantly men, mm-hmm. predominantly. However, there's some badass women in this, in this community. Dude, there needs to be more badass uh, There women. needs to be. And I think, you know, there, I think there will be over time. You're going to see that. I don't know that they, they have quite the same voice. Maybe it goes back to the LEO law, uh, military thing and, and how far they're allowed to progress in those different environments, right? You know, where, you know, how many female Navy SEALs are there? You know, how many Mm -hmm. female Green Berets are there? How many female SWAT members are there? You know, obviously the percentage is zero to very small in a lot of those cases. So they they don't, you know, but my point being is I think there's room for growth if we allow that growth. And by trying to, to oppress people's, you know, different styles or different approaches or the reasons they're coming into it and saying, you shouldn't be doing this and this is why. If it's not hurting somebody, if it's not unsafe, it's if it's not unsound, if it's not, I get it, if it's not backed up with solid logic, right? And you can't back it up with some kind of result or data. I get how you could be critical of it, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Maybe it just hasn't been vetted out all the way. Yeah. Safety, number one. Yeah, of course. Don't be a dumbass. And there's a lot of dumbasses mm-hmm. out there, right? We're seeing that all the mm-hmm. time. But outside of that, you know, if, 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 again, just because it might be different than the way you do, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think as a, like the fitness community, we could do a better job of trying to understand and have more open dialogue and more open conversation about how to do that yeah, because it will do nothing but support the the conversation and the dialogue as it relates to maintaining our rights for the reason we have them and the reason we should maintain them as american citizens and if you're looking at it from from that perspective i think and we we can come to some common ground on that it makes a lot more sense but if you're doing it because of a personal if you're if you put your personal agendas up there first well then we're all fucked and I think it has a lot to do with why we're at, we're basically we're losing the conversation right now. Yeah. When you look at it, I mean, the, there are, there are factions, there are politicians out there like we're coming for you. We're coming for you. And it's obvious. It's not like it's subliminal. It's not happening in, in the dark after we're asleep at night, you know, covertly. It's not being slipped into some like back ended into some bill you know, or, or legislation that they're trying to pass. This shit is right in front of us right now. And, uh, as a, as a community, right. And as a, an American people, I think we need to have a, have a, start having a different conversation. And I'm hoping there are some folks out there that can start bridging that gap and educating people, inspiring people while still doing what they're really good at, which is teaching or, you know, inspiring or whatever people at a different level. Um, it, and I, I think there's a ton of opportunity is, is my point. So much, opportunity, so much opportunity man. out there. Not only is it a good time to go out and do this stuff. Cause like a lot of people realize that it actually is pretty fun. 
man, there's a, uh, there's a lot of opportunity in business. Um, because just cause you're good at shooting guns or you're, or you come from a background where you know a lot about guns doesn't mean you know shit about business. There's a lot of poorly ran. It's a low barrier of entry, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot it's of like fitness. Yeah. Poorly ran businesses. It's like coaching. It's like fitness coaching. And, yeah. and, and yeah, just like fitness, like after being in it for a while, you start to realize like, oh man, maybe just cause this product is popular. Doesn't mean they have great customer service, customer support or great reliability. Or maybe the numbers that they're saying actually aren't true when they're tested. Right. Right. Um, just things like that. And that happens in everything. But I think the 2A community was so small for so long that like you could pretty much get away with whatever. Like going into a gun store. I wouldn't be surprised if we had no more gun stores in like five years. Because, Scary thought. Yeah. Because like I love going into stores. I don't like this whole shop online deal. But I mean like it doesn't matter who I am, dude. I never get like decent respect great, great customer service <laughs> dude yeah, listen any place. listen up out there guys like, yeah dude like so i i took like a a two-week trip like through california went through nevada like vegas a little bit of arizona utah all the way through utah and surprisingly utah was the only place out of like all these gun shops that i went to that showed me any respect or any interest or even if they didn't end up carrying my products like listen to me briefly without just shrugging me off and acting like they know everything you know what i mean and a lot of these places like uh they really don't know everything a lot of them don't train a lot of them don't know shit about fuck dude they just been working at a local <laughs> gun store for a long time and like you said there's it, a certain entitlement there yeah like yeah like our community's got so much growth to do in every direction and that's what i'm hoping to do right. i'm trying to make an impact on that <laughs> Me too. I, I mean, I think that's where we're having this conversation and, I, and I'm hoping to open up a little bit more of that dialogue. My hope would be that, you know, that the dialogue continues and we can provide some type of meaning, meaningful dialogue and encourage other people, people to do the same, provide perhaps some content for people to, to take a look at. Also, you know, you know, just going back to train with purpose and kind of the direction you've been coming from. You know, one of the things you did, and I think it's important to talk about that, is just some of the products you're bringing to the table to help people, you know, um, have a better experience, you know, out on yeah. the range, right? Because there, uh, again, going back to the business aspect, like there's a lot of room for opportunity for people mm -hmm. to develop products for product development that might not have necessarily been available to to most people, right? Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, in terms of small business opportunity, it's so wide open i mean if you're trying to develop a gun company that's gonna be a little bit that might be a little bit tougher you know you it's got companies because, like six uh, hour right yeah. you got glock you've got well the list goes on and on but those two being being massive mm -hmm. ones this country sig being like obviously one of the the major heckler and coke it, you, you've got a few of them out there that kind of lead the way right they're they're massive superpowers you're trying to get into that thing. All right. Well, that might be a little bit tougher, tougher thing to do, but there's the, the gun ownership in the last two years has gone through the roof. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things that enhance the experience out there on the range or the things that you're doing. And for those people that aren't into the, aren't any guns or haven't been out there, I get that you don't get it because you haven't experienced it yet. But, yeah. you know, having things like what train with purpose does, like they're the, the base plates are bitching. I mean, they're some of the best yeah. I've ever seen. I mean, there were some people that kind of came out with them and they're, they're cool. And everybody knows the advantages that you get with these things. 
for those people that don't understand that might be listening, they are basically what an attachment that goes to the bottom of your magazine. Yeah, on the, so whether it's like added weight, uh, grip or added capacity, if you're in a free right. state, if you're in a state that allows that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's actually interesting because I used other brands and throughout learning what I seen in movies, buying what I seen in movies versus like actually shooting. Oh, it's interesting that that's what you're coming back. You keep coming back to like the movies. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I get inspired by shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I see like actual brands. So what is not real to not real has inspired what has now become real. Yeah. I was like, so I use shit that I seen in the movies in terms of branding. And I was like, this is really fucking cool. And then after running it and seeing the issues I ran into, I was like, well, I do want to do stuff like this anyway. I'm going to try and fix what I didn't like about this if I can. I think I got kind of lucky by knowing somebody who uh, knew somebody who had a machine shop locally and it just, it only took like four renditions for me to have like what I have today in terms of the base plate. Now other things like the trigger and the back plate, things like that, that's from Gunco and uh, obviously they've been around forever and they're great at what they do, but I am still trained with purpose and I actually just had one of my best friends say, you know what, dude? Uh, it's his first year being a gun owner because of everything going on. And he was like, I want to buy one of your triggers. I think that's what I'm going to do with my uh, my first mod for my Glock. And I was like, you know, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I love my trigger. I've been running gun code triggers nonstop now for a while. But I would rather you come out and train with me for a bit. Right. And see what you do and don't like about your Glock. Use my triggers. Like with the triggers he wanted to buy, but on my guns. See if you like them, because I'd rather you get training and understand why you're buying it instead of just like buying this cool green trigger with a ghost on it. You know what I mean? So maybe as a business move, that was maybe a rookie or maybe naive thing for me to do. I, dis- I disagree with thousand. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, hey, man, like, of course, I want you to buy my triggers, dude. These things are sick. But like, I, I want you to come out and train. You know, he's only shot five times. And I'm just like, this is great. You're into all this, dude. You can shoot mine all you want, but I want you to train. Yeah. And we're thinking the wrong way. Let's put the investment into the training and your knowledge Mm -hmm. of how are you going to know if it's a good trigger or not? If you Mm -hmm. haven't trained with the one that you have, what's your point of reference? Yeah. Uh, And and that goes in any kind of a product, right? I I used to, (laughs) believe it or not, let's go back quite a few years. I used to train multi-sport and, Mm -hmm. and uh, I put a lot of effort into training. Right? That was been my game for a long, long time. And I didn't necessarily have the money for some of the Gucci equipment, if you will. And it never ceased to amaze me. People were looking for an edge, right? All the time. You want to be competitive. I get it. I'm a competitive type of person. It never ceased to amaze me what people would spend their money and time on outside of the training. Mm-hmm. And that's in everything. <laughs> Dude, these guys would show up like they just fit into trial. They've been training for triathlon for their first triathlon of three months. They show up with like a at the time, it was like a ten or twelve thousand dollar bike. And now you could pay fifteen grand for a, you know a full carbon fiber bike, you know mm-hmm. electronic components, all the nine yards. If you get into the triathlon game, which to me is just insanity, but it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. technology. That's innovation. That's where we're at now. These guys have been training for a couple months. Like you're not even you don't even have. You're looking for an edge mm-hmm. and you don't even have the fundamentals. You don't even have the basics underneath you, which so, would be the engine yeah. right to even get you down the road. But God damn it. They come out with all the cool gear, like all the first stuff. And I just sit there laughing at them. And there's the guys would be lapped on the course, uh, not finish suffering, 
you know, the entire time and just going, I, I think you got your priorities a little mixed up here. Oh, definitely. So here's my point. I work for, or, or that's how red dot, the name red dot came into play. I worked for, worked with not for, but I was helping a, a, a triathlon company out, do some training for people. And the thing that they did, they had a shop, right. And with all kinds of products from your $2,000 bike to your $12,000 bike, from your entry level triathlon shoes to you know whatever the latest was helmets the whole nine years a lot of money in triathlon right much like there is in the, the gun community or in in guns and, and and equipment the point of that was is when you walked into that shop they weren't trying to sell you right what was on their agenda like mm-hmm. they were trying to set you up what was right for you then they weren't trying to sell you the first bike or or the the best bike in there. They were trying to actually sell you the third bike you were going to purchase right on the first day. And what I mean by that was they wanted to get you into the right equipment the first time so that you had a good experience and you had the ability to make good buying decisions going forward. And so that they earned your trust to then move the next time they were ready to upgrade, which always happens, mm-hmm. right? You come back to them to upgrade, like, because this guy, you know, t- took care of me and he trusted me and I, and I got the right, I got the right stuff there. Anyway, that point being, I don't think that's a stupid business move at all, dude. Like, yeah, I'll be back. Right? Yeah, I mean, I maybe it was easier for me to say it because it's it's one of my friends. But I mean, I dude, I get messages all the time, and I tell them the same type of thing, dude. Where I'm just like, yeah, like training, man. They'll like they'll ask me about this, this, and that. I'm like, yeah, like if this is the application, dude, like I would take this course or whatever. Right. Of course, I want everybody running my stuff. I want to see the ghost everywhere. You right. know what I mean? But like. I do want to train, you know, I do want other people to train. That's the only way this community is going to get respect is if everybody fucking trains and is proficient and smart thinkers right. before shooters. Right. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, so with the products, I, uh, got lucky with the base plate. I, I do think I got a little lucky because even though I drew it all up and everything like that, and I only had to like, run through four renditions and then ended up running it for a while and it ended up going good. I do think that, uh, that was a home run and everything else. I just, I'm lucky enough to work with great people. Great now. people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I met those people. I yeah. mean, you, you've got people that are passionate they want to help you. Yeah. Right. They want to see you grow. And that's the thing you surround yourself with people that, you know, want to see you be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. And get, get to the top. That's and, what it's about, man. Yeah, it is. You, you do have a you do have a great a, gr- a great community supporting you in the in the pursuit of product development and also yeah. production right? yeah no and and uh i I do like developing stuff uh like I said I've been shooting for like less than three years now but I take this really seriously so like even though like I said I want to see the ghost on everything I'm not like purposely making shit just for the sake of making shit. <laughs> Like I have ideas and stuff that I'm working on moving forward. Um, and I'm very interested in that, but I'm also, I've been asked to do more like firearms instruction and things like that as of uh, late. So like I was telling you earlier, Kyle and me put together this new, this new course. Um, I'm excited about that uh, with Monzano tactical. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to bounce everything around because believe it or not, it's just me. <laughs> I <laughs> train with purpose. Yeah, that's, the, you know, so. that's, that's the life of an entrepreneur, man. Yeah. 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 And, so. and I respect it because I, I do that. Like yeah, I, I understand I it. I think there's so much opportunity. Uh, you, you, you bring a ton to the table. Um, I'm excited about 
you know, every time I get together with you, I'm excited about the places you're going and the things you're doing. It's inspiring. I also think the alignment that we have provides is provides an opportunity for us to do things, you know, in a way that do support the community. And that would be my only goal is to support the community as a whole and know that that just benefits people, you know, beyond, you know, it beyond, right. Again, just in terms of understanding product development, Mm -hmm. getting the word out about what's going on out there, spreading the truth, right. Tackling some tough issues, why not? And I'm looking forward to having more of these conversations, uh, yeah. you know, and, and digging, digging in deep. I think there's some hot topics and probably some spicy or some spicy ones we could probably talk about. Probably some we agree on, probably some we don't agree on some stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of those I, I really want to talk about right now, since we're talking about products is uh, the American made thing. Oh, because this shit keeps me up at night. I mean, we can we can cover that quickly, but I actually think we agree probably all that. So it's not going to get that spicy. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, yeah. No, okay, we can I, talk I, about. I, the reason why I say this is because, um, I think people want to buy my clothes and stuff like that more so because they support me, not because they like understand what the art is inspired by or whatever, and that's cool, and I, and I appreciate that. But I do, um. I do want to like ask. You're gonna send a message. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear I where do. this is no, going. I, I really, I am. I'm gonna send a message, but I also like don't know everything. So if somebody has an answer, fucking correct me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So why is it that I'm a small business and I'm a one man shop, and I can make all my apparel through printing here locally, and then the fabrics and the materials for the machining. And all that kind of stuff like that. Everything I can control is made in America. Right? Why is it that I can do that? Right? And then you have these massive names who choose not to do that. And I don't just mean like I don't just mean like uh, massive names like in clothing in general. Like I guess you can say like Nike or whatever. I mean, because that's like maybe their goals in community. Maybe their goal is money. I don't know. I more so mean like for the people who claim to be patriots. The people who claim to like fight for freedom and also on the other end, the people who claim to fight for equality. Why do you have a BLM shirt on that's made in China? I can't answer that question for you, man. Like that's answer. a real question. Yeah. Like not only what's going on through their head, but am I missing something? Cause I'm pretty sure if it's made in China, it's not made ethically or morally. Right. I've, I would have to, while I don't know that answer to that question, I can make some assumptions. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like really weird. Like why everybody is like so poorly read on everything, but you have these fucking opinions. Right. But then also like we just came back from a shooting event. I'm actually not going to say a shooting event. It is. But I had noticed some shirts while I was there that have American flags stamped on them or uh, support the troops type shit that's made in Mexico. I don't know how shit's made in Mexico, but I wouldn't imagine the standards are up to Americans or up to American standards. But then also, even if they were, why isn't that money going back into American pockets and creating American jobs? Yeah, dude, I wouldn't even get into the standards piece. I would get into the last piece of that. This is my my take on it, that, look, if what you're doing is trying to support, you know, as a, if you're claiming to be a patriot, this is veteran owned company. You know, exactly. support it. You know, we only hire and and employ veterans. You know, this is about supporting. You know, the American way. Uh, we're you know the, the the Second Amendment rights and all the things that are that are afforded to us in the Constitution. And you go that way, but it just seems 
like double talk, you know, if you're having your, if you're having your stuff being produced in another country, I, I, I understand where you're coming from them. And I think it's a very valid and a solid question. And I can't answer that outside of at the end of the day, it, it comes down to profit margins. And yeah. that is the reason it's being outsourced. It's not because there's not availability here. It's not in terms of uh, material, in terms of mm-hmm. manufacturing. It's because it's easier and it probably provides mo- a higher level of profit margin to do, to do it somewhere else. And so I think the question is, is like, how do you answer that question as a, as a company um, and, and practice that way like you, you're sending this message, but you're practicing that way. And that's tough for you to understand. It's tough for me to understand too, man. And I don't really, I do the very best I can all the time to support business locally, to support manufacturing locally, uh, to support American run businesses here in the States at whatever level I can, even here in California, whenever I can. Uh, and it's tough. I understand how tough it is because I, when I resource things here, it is fucking hard to find things because it's expensive to do business here. I'll tell you as a, as a California business owner, small business owner, it costs more to do business here than probably anywhere else in the nation. And I don't know that as a fact. I just know how much it costs me. And I know yeah. we pay more taxes here yeah, that's true. and jump through more rings and hoops, particularly here in the county that we work in than any of the other counties I've worked in. Right. So in, in, in the, in, in, in the state. So my, the, the point of that is, is I, that's a really good question. I understand there's difficulty and challenges in it, but if you're going to send this message and basically that's what you're selling, yeah. Right. How do you then, I don't know, go to sleep at night knowing that it's, yeah. it's, it's like a percentage of proceeds go to like veterans or suicide awareness or whatever it is. And like, I don't know anything about that stuff. So like, I'm not going to claim to. Right. But I also know five or 10% of that of your, your shirt sales or whatever it is goes to that. Don't you think you'd make a bigger impact on your country if you gave those jobs to people in America instead of to fair point you know fair um, point. and it's just it's to me it's false advertisement and it's weird that we have so many like people who are, think about freedom and patriotism in the 2a community and they totally look past that point of it they buy all the fucking american flag shit in the world and support the troop shit world in the world and they don't know they don't realize right. that like for example and i don't honestly i don't care if you buy my shirt or not not you but anybody but like if my shirt costs 30 dollars and the most popular shirt costs $40, except that shit's made in like Taiwan or China or whatever it is. I just, I don't understand how it's, how it's hard to support this, but it's easy to support that. And you don't even look into it when this whole community is based off of fighting for fucking freedom and all these politics. I, I think we involved. have, a, I think, I think we have a responsibility and I hear what you're doing right there. And that is calling people's attention. And, and, yeah. and there's a call to action there. It's like, Hey, before you make a step, right. Before you make the next step in supporting a company, right? Supporting uh, a, an apparel company, supporting an equipment company, supporting a firing mm-hmm. company, or as a business owner making decisions about, you know, how you have things brought to market, you know, think about the impact that you could make here on, you know, as an American patriot yeah. or other Americans, um, and how, what are the longstanding impacts of that? And okay, maybe you lose a couple dollars in sales, but what are you getting back in terms of your contribution 
to the community at large. And I'm not just talking about the, the 2A community. No, just like the country. The country. That you live in. Look, man, yeah. I, I, I stand by that. I, I mean, I, I'd stand, I stand by that thought process and that line of thinking a thousand percent. And I also understand, and that is with a deep understanding of how tough it is to sometimes do that. And, you know, with the Amazons out there. Dude, it and makes it so easy. It makes it so easy. It is the easy button. And we're all going to, at some level, unfortunately, right? But also when you think about it, I mean, that it also is, it's American enterprise and that's what makes our country great and allowing people to do things the way they want to do it. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean that should be the standard, but I, I yeah. want to respect that as well yeah. as like, Hey, you're an American company and this is how you've decided to run your company and outsource. That's your decision. No, and, I, I agree. And 100%. you have the right, right to do that. But uh, that said, like I recognize I'm going to probably order some stuff on Amazon, but I'm going to do the work. To try and find it, some like, dude, other you're way. gonna you're gonna buy shit that's made in other countries. It's gonna happen it, because it, the world we live in today. That's what it is. But that doesn't it's mean you can't man. march in a certain direction. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed the podcast with Rogan and uh, Jocko Willink. That was like last week or something like that. And I was like super happy because like, oh my gosh, two people I highly respect are talking about exactly what I like. I'm acting like a grumpy old man about on a regular <laughs> basis. You know what I mean? Because I look, I don't claim that everybody like, you know, needs to do this. Or I think a lot of people are ignorant to it. And I think a lot of people just actually don't even care. It doesn't even cross their mind and that's totally fine. Yeah. They don't feel connected to it. Yeah. But I think, I do think it's a little different when you add veteran to your name and you do things like that. Or if you, um, like I said, are selling the fact that you proceeds of your product goes to, military or usa or whatever i think that's like false advertisement i i i think i i i agree with you to some level and some of it is is like again i also want to respect that as an american right Mm -hmm. you have the right to do what you want to do right i respect your freedom to do that um but i also have a choice yep as to whether or not i patronize your business or not yeah Uh, you know and you know and, and how I spend my money. And maybe you should think about that moving forward and how you're doing business and how that impacts the Dude, people yeah. that ultimately support you in, in the end it that are, really that are patriots that are, that are American, like American patriots that are, that feel that are very convicted about what you're saying right now as you are. And, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing. Yeah, wrong I mean, with cause that. like, like, like I said, there's a couple scenarios where like we did low light shooting last week. I had to go on Amazon buy 30 chem sticks overnight. Right. It is what it is. No other American company is going to do that. They but, couldn't get them to you in time. Yeah, exactly. And also I'm not rich yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there is going to be times where I'm going to have to bite the bullet and like fight another day and buy the cheaper option. If I know it's not like life-saving equipment, like a tourniquet or something. Right. right. Um, and it's going to happen. But my whole point is march in the right direction and don't don't sell people fucking false shit. Because like, dude, I see a lot of my friends not even knowing that they're like wearing some shit made in some other country that has hella American flag shit on it that claims to support America. You're you're asking, you're saying be be as trans be transparent. Yeah, that's that's I don't know. That's how I am. But also I'm maybe I'm too honest, like I said. I maybe. think there's a call to action there too for the for those that are out there that are buying products to say, yeah. Hey, vet your products. Yeah. You know, vet, vet, vet your vendors, see, see where that stuff is, is coming from. And I, I do that all the time. I want to know. And as a vendor, put that shit on your page, yeah. like be honest about it. Not just, we support this. How do you support it? 
Um, It should be on the about page. It should be in the more about us, whatever it is or whatever, because I guess what we're saying is these two guys look at it and I'm just a guy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a guy, dude. but I have money to spend and uh, I've spent a lot of it in this, in, in, in the community to support the people that are in it as well as myself and my own training and my own, you know, my own self-confidence, my own confidence with my equipment and my, and, and to support the people that, that are around me. And I look at that stuff and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And so maybe that's, maybe that's just a call to action that, Hey, Maybe you want to clean it up a little bit or, or think maybe start thinking differently and in your work. Yeah, like I maybe said, you should march, start marching that direction. Just baby steps. If we're talking fucking morals and freedom fighting and patriotism, because that's supposed to be what keeps to it. The two a community like on the right side of the coin. Right. Yeah. I, I feel you, Ben. I, I, I feel you. And I, and again, I think while there, the, everybody's perspective is going to be different here. In the end, that perspective, I don't think you can, I don't, I don't think that I don't have too much, too much debate about. Yeah. And like you said, dude, I, I a hundred percent agree, dude, this is America, do whatever you want. If you yeah. want to fucking buy a hundred percent China made, do it. Like, that is your right to do that. <laughs> it's fucking cool. Yeah. But I am personally going to call you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that also is the mo- one of the most American things you could do, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, for the time being, yeah. yeah. <laughs> call people out on this shit, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, I think it's a good place to probably wrap it up, man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, always a good conversation with the JP. I'm yeah. excited about this one uh, because I think what it's doing is, is setting up, setting the tone and it's uh it's setting us up for some future conversations that in my hope will be impactful mm-hmm. uh for people that want to listen um and for the community at large um and when i say the community i don't just mean the 2a community right i mean they're they're included yeah. i mean the entire community and what what we might be able to do in terms of bringing people together what types of services you know, that we might be able to lead them to, to help them be better, be more prepared so that mm-hmm. they can train with purpose. Right. And, uh, and be a healthier, happier version of themselves, more self-confident and, uh, uh again, be prepared for, you know, for life, the life that's in front of them. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for coming down, dude. Dude. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. This whole studio. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have, I mean, it, seems right seems fitting you seem like you're comfortable here so we should do this again real soon yeah i'm down sounds good good chat with you buddy thank you for tuning in to this episode of iron sights if you enjoyed our conversation you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend i'll see you on the next episode <laughs>